Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Waalaikumsalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Mashallah. Doctor, how are you looking? How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. I noticed you're singing a different, slightly different tones today. Mashallah. Well, I just thought, you know, you got to mix it up a bit, Doctor. You don't want to, you know, bore the people. And when you, when I finally released my single of all the intros for the EF Dawa. Alhamdulillah. You know, it's nice to have some sort of a compilation, not just like the same thing over and over. People might get bored, you know. So I have to mix it up a bit. Yeah. So Alhamdulillah. Hope you enjoyed it. Alhamdulillah. Very good. Mashallah. Keep it up. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so, my brothers and my lovely sisters, Alhamdulillah, my lovely brothers, Mashallah. Jazakallah khair for joining us today at Dawa Clinic. Uh, mashallah. I think this is what episode number, uh, Dr. This is 34, I believe. 34, Mashallah. Yeah. Indeed. Mashallah. Uh, so this particular stream, for those of you who are not aware, is for Muslims, for dawah-related questions. Maybe somebody's asked you a question that you couldn't answer or you'd like to perhaps find out a different way of answering it. Or perhaps, uh, you know, you just wanted to give dawah and you had a conversation and maybe you just got stuck and you wanted to know what to do. So inshallah, if we can help you, I'm not saying we'll know everything. Uh, we certainly don't. <laughs> Um, but whatever we can help you with, inshallah ta'ala, we can try. Otherwise, we can always consult our big sheikh, uh, Sheikh Ijaz and uh, Sheikh uh, Jordan and other sheikhs that we have. Uh, and inshallah ta'ala, we can try to get the answer that way for you. But uh, Dawah, mashallah, is a, is a wonderful gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, all of us should try in our own capacity to give da'wah, obviously. It doesn't mean you have to have debates. It doesn't mean you have to have discussions. It could literally mean just sharing the stream. Uh, it could just literally be, a mashallah, as we have so many lovely helpers who help with the mods uh, mm-hmm. to moderate uh, the streams and help in that way. And inshallah ta'ala, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards everybody uh, for their contribution and Allah is not stingy so if inshallah somebody gives their shahada you might have done a small amount of work by just giving the thumbs up the like to share the video uh, but Allah will inshallah Allah, give equal reward to everybody uh, for the shahada and for anyone who inshallah comes closer to Islam so well, alhamdulillah we've already got guests uh, waiting we'll get you on very quickly inshallah um Dr. Mashallah, I watched uh, your stream again with the uh, lovely Ahmadi friends that come on, the uh, people who follow Qadianism, uh, Mirza Qadiani, and they regard him as a prophet. And I was really, uh, I mean, Imtiaz, uh, Mashallah, he comes out with stuff that I've never heard of in my life before, subhanAllah. I was just completely shocked, taken back, really, as to some of the things that are in their books. And I, I was just uh, – so I, it was, a, again, another seven and a half, eight and a half hour stream, I think. And I've um, 
had to split it up over three or four days while I'm driving. And I think you've got maybe half an hour, 20 minutes left. I think I'm just at the bit where the Sheikh joins you. And I think the sound problems have been eradicated. He's just started speaking and you're having some discussions with him. And mashallah. So our invitation really, uh, obviously this stream is not for uh, Qadianis to come on and start debating. We do have streams for non-Muslims. If you want to come on to those streams, we are happy to have you on and maybe have a discussion with you. Um, maybe not a seven and a half, eight and a half, or even a nine and a half hour discussion that uh, Dr. likes to do with uh, Brother Imtiaz and Adnan. Um, but if you haven't seen those streams, you can go to uh, Conversation with Imtiaz. Is that right? Is that his channel? So brother, so this is Brother Adnan and Brother Imtiaz. They both stream on their channels. So it's uh, Adnan Rashid is Brother Adnan's channel. And uh, the dialogue or dialogue with Imtiaz is Brother Muhammad Imtiaz's channel. Right. Phenomenal research into this. Yeah. And if you're actually right, this is a historic. Nothing like this in the English language has been produced before. Yeah. And this is really information about uh, you know the, the actually even probably most late Ahmadis are unaware of and uh, this mm. is why um, we spend a lot of time trying to feel the avoidance of answering the questions from Allah and you know Alhamdulillah the impact's been amazing because I was reading through some of the comments and people there were people who were saying you know I've left uh, after watching these streams they said I've left uh, Qadianism I've become Muslim my parents have left we've all become Muslim. Uh, and, you know, um, they were sort of saying to you how the Jamaat, Qadiani Jamaat, you know, the people, the organization, they're not shaken. They don't really care about these streams. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Qadianis themselves are actually coming forward and saying, you know what, these have been an absolute shocker. And in fact, they have been shaken, uh, really shaken to the core. Uh, and I think, as you said, in the English language, this is probably, um, I mean, I don't know, there may well be work out there that's been done, but certainly I've never seen anything like this. And the amount of comprehensive information that Brother Imtiaz has, has dug up, I mean, he's just literally read dozens upon dozens upon dozens of books. He did, uh, he did, a, master's, he did a master's in Islamic studies and his subject was... Oh, is that right? Yeah, so really, very high level academic work. He has direct access to the language writings and um, phenomenal information because you know you can assess the there's that you don't have to get into involved in any conversations, just assess the individual, yeah, and see the individual is not fit for purpose uh, they're suggesting, and that's that's it. And this is really where it's coming from, so subhanallah, yeah, amazing, and absolutely. So, if you haven't seen those streams. Uh, I would advise you, if you want to learn more, uh, maybe, I don't know if you've got eight and a half, nine hours to watch it all in one go, but you might want to split it up. But uh, they're definitely very, very informative, mashallah. And, but some, one of the things I just wanted to very quickly say, Doctor, is that they keep coming up with this concept of, um, um, you know... Um, the accusative answer. The accusative answer, right? Which is, what What do they say in, in Urdu? It's a... Uh, right but and what i don't understand is that they will quote very positive things that their prophet who they regard as a prophet has said about isa the prophet muhammad peace be upon him وسلم, about other anbiya about other prophets of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they say but he said this but he said that but what they fail to seem to understand doctor is that if a person writes a hundred books 
100 books, 100 volumes on the beauty of the prophets of Allah and he praises them and he does it in the most eloquent and the most beautiful way. But if he says one phrase, one phrase, small phrase, it could actually take him out of Islam. That could be kufr for him. So to quote the hundred volumes of work would become irrelevant because if that one phrase condemned you to kufr, that would be the, that would be it for you, basically. Yeah, you got to avoid confirmation bias. So you got to deal with the things that go against your narrative. Uh, that's the thing, which which they don't tend. Well, I don't feel, I don't feel they tend to do. Um, but yeah. you know, this is obviously not the stream for that. But we're no, no, no. But I just thought it was very. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Subhanallah. Okay, we're going to get Brother Yusuf on first. Brother Yusuf, just give us a quick thumbs up if that's okay. Uh, I think he's sitting in his Lamborghini, mashallah, driving around. And uh, Brother Yusuf, we're going to get you on now. Brother Yusuf, how's the Lambo? You're, you're muted. You just need to unmute yourself. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, no Lambo yet, but uh, inshallah expect, soon. Yeah, I do expect you to return it to me after you've used it, though, please, yeah? Of course, yeah. I got to go to England, though. I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in America. Oh, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. Okay, well, it'll be on the wrong side for me, wrong side. The wheel will be on the wrong side for me. So so maybe I'll, I'll, let, you keep, I'll let you keep it. I'll just buy another one. Don't worry. How are you doing, oh, brother? Sure. You thank right? you. Yes, alhamdulillah, I'm doing well. How about you? How about you guys? What part, what part of the states are you from? I'm in Los Angeles, California. Oh, lovely LA, mashallah. Sunny, sunny all year round, huh? Today it is sunny. It was actually uh, pouring rain the last couple of days, but alhamdulillah today... It's cleared up. So I'm back on the road. In, I've got family there in, in Glendale, first cousins in Glendale. Oh, no way. I go there all the time. Yeah, okay. for work. Oh, mashallah. oh, mashallah. That's amazing. Okay. So, uh, Brother Yusuf, well, if you don't mind me asking, what do you do for work then? Or what, what are you doing at the moment? Um, I do environmental testing. So, okay. I, I do drive a lot. Yeah. I go to many homes a day for asbestos and mold. And okay. then I actually drop off at the lab in Glendale. So that's why I'm there. Oh, interesting. I'm there a lot. Yeah. Very interesting. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so brother, what's your question or suggestion today for us? Uh, yeah, I have a question. So I do uh, a lot of like TikTok lives. I go and, um, you know, I do Dawah, I do Dawah with Christians. And one thing they always bring up when it comes to the topic of was Jesus, uh, peace be upon him, a Muslim. Mm -hmm. They say that in the Bible... Jesus says, or he calls God the Father. Mm -hmm. And as Muslims, we cannot call God the Father. Mm -hmm. Therefore, Jesus was not a Muslim. That's how their argument goes. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, we don't take the Bible as a criteria. No. But is there any other way around this um, that we can explain from the Bible or, or whatnot? Okay, that's a really good question, uh, actually. Uh, it's a, It's a... It's a bit of a flimsy, wishy-washy argument that they're coming out with, quite frankly. But I'll let the doctor start, actually. Doctor, so because they say Jesus called God the Father, therefore he can't, he could not have been a Muslim. What would you say? What would you say to that? So they're, they're basically misunderstanding the term Muslim. It's a basic misunderstanding of the term Muslim. So, so what they're doing is um, they're taking Muslims today and what Muslims do and how Muslims act and what Muslims are allowed to do or not allowed to do. And they're saying, this is what a Muslim is. And then they're retrospectively applying that backwards onto other prophets. And they can do that with anyone. 
Um, so, and that's that. Then this misunderstanding. So, when we say that the prophets of the past were Muslims, we're not talking about they're following the Sharia of Islam of today. That's basically it's a category error they're making. So, the thing to explain to them is actually that we we explain uh, that the term Muslim means someone who submits their will to the will of the Creator. And if you're doing uh -huh. that then you are a Muslim. This definition of a Muslim, uh, fundamentally in a, in a nutshell, do, does the Sharia differ between the different messengers? And pro yes, there's no issue with this. We don't have any issue with this. So the, the, them bringing that is irrelevant. The, the, other, the other points then to deal with this term, uh, they use uh, that the, the Jesus was calling the father Ab. So you can give the example of the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus says, according to the narrative, um, uh, Save me from this cross, essentially. So take this cup away from me, but not as I will, as you will. So this is this is a this is a statement of Islam. Uh, this is what I would like, but Allah, everything is in your control. So I am submitting my will to your will. Yeah. Oh. So that you, wherever you, however you want to phrase that, that's what's happening. Now the term the, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is okay. Then uh, why don't you guys call Jesus uh, uh, Allah? You know, would use the term Father. Why don't you use it? Well, we have something that encompasses that and is, is even greater. So we have the word Rabb. Right. Now, the, the, the difference between Rabb and Abb is literally a letter. Huh. But Rabb is much more encompassing. Oh, brother's uh, lost his connection, I think. Uh, so I'll just continue. But it's much more encompassing. And it's, it doesn't allow for the possibility of the error that has fallen in with the, with the Christians, where they take this as a literal sense. Uh, let me bring Brother Yusuf back on. Uh, you just dropped out for a second, Brother Yusuf. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, alhamdulillah. So even if we look at the the Jewish understanding of the term uh, when they speak about uh, because they because there are many sons of God in the Old Testament, and uh, that term is used in the sense of someone who is close to God or inclined towards God. It doesn't mean in a literal sense in any way. So if right. you're if the Jews are using it in that sense, as that means that there is a relationship between the subservient and the creator, there's no issue there for us. So, gotcha. but it, we're not required to. I mean, you could another way to make the argument. Well, the Prophet, the Isa Islam didn't pray five times a day. Or Isa Islam right. didn't fast the month of Ramadan. Or Isa mm -hmm. Islam didn't go to Hajj. You know, this is the same type of argument, but they're using something they think that we that would make a difference. It doesn't make a difference at all. Right, so at that time it would have been it would have been okay, because if it's, it's if it's used yeah. in the understanding of the people of the time, because this idea that this is a literal meaning, this is my father, is is a misunderstanding. Jews don't use this in this sense at all. This is something that's been later superimposed by Christianity. Um, and actually, you have to ask the question: What do you mean by when you say God is your father? What do you mean? And let them explain. Yeah, it. literally. They, or, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely. Because they they won't have an explanation for it because they can't claim it's literal. They can't mm -hmm. claim that they were somehow adopted. So it's got to be a metaphorical thing, right? And if it's a metaphorical right. thing, then what's the problem? There is no problem. But they, when they right. use it for Jesus, peace be upon him, they don't. They they they're reluctant to make it metaphorical. They say it's a literal thing, and then they have to give bring evidence for that. And that's another discussion. But the main point here is it's a category error. You're making a category. Error. You're, you're you're there's one word which has been, can use it in two different ways. And you're using the word in, in the incorrect way for the example you're providing. So when we say that Jesus was a Muslim, peace be upon him, we're talking about Jesus' word of somebody who submitted his will to the will of the Creator. Do you deny this? The answer is no. 
and then that's the end of the conversation. It, it doesn't always go that smoothly, but, but you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was perfect, mashallah. Thank you so much. That helped a lot. Jazakallah, you. brother. Lovely to see you, mashallah. And keep up the good work. What's your YouTube? What's your uh, TikTok uh, uh, name? It's a modern, a modern Dawa one, the number modern one. one. Mashallah. Okay, we'll keep an eye out for you, inshallah. May Allah increase you. Jazakallah for all of your efforts, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much. Take care. Alhamdulillah. So the next person that we have is uh, Sister Tina Mia. Alhamdulillah. Let me just bring the sister on. Sister, I'm going to bring you on in a moment. So if you want to, if you're ready, you can turn your mic or uh, camera on or off. I'll, I'll bring you on now, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, sister. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. How are you, sister? Are you doing well? I'm doing good. Alhamdulillah. Um, I do want to apologize. I didn't realize how everybody started freaking out last time until I actually checked the uh, chat. And uh, so I didn't mean to drive while I was on the stream, but I only had 30 <laughs> minutes to get to the place where I was going before they closed. And I also mm -hmm. did not want to miss the stream. So, but I promise I will not do that again. Inshallah. I think they were concerned for your safety more than anything else. No, I know. I know. I know. It just looked like, okay. sister, you know, you were in like that grand turismo, you know, like you're in a race, you were like racing away and you're chatting. I was well. going slow, okay, less than 30 miles an hour. <laughs> it just seemed okay. like I was going fast. Okay. So um, today's question may seem like I'm being a little bit stubborn, but hear first, me let out ask first. You, let, let us ask you for how's your mom? Oh, my mom is great. I actually invited her to come see the uh, prayer time. Sorry. Okay, mashallah. All right. So I actually invited her to come to the stream today. Um, I sent her the link and everything, but she hasn't picked up the phone. I told her exactly what time it would be. So maybe she'll pop up and see this. Um, but yeah, I was talking to her. In fact, that's one of the reasons I, I came on today, because I want to tell you guys what happened with my mom recently. Uh, so let me first start with the question and then I'll give you that example and then you guys can tell me. So firstly, um, there are two things that I know for sure. One is that all knowledge is from Allah. And second is that it is only Allah that can guide anyone. Based on that, if I receive knowledge and keep my mouth shut, I feel like I'm going against Allah's will. So I don't think I should worry about the consequences of sharing the blessing of knowledge because ultimately I am the one who turns, I'm not, I'm not the one who turns the hearts. My job is just to convey the message and then Allah's will will be sufficient. If they feel I'm harassing them, at least they hear the message and have a chance to think about it. The pill may be hard to swallow, but the medicine needs to be offered. I say this because Allah's timing is always perfect. And if I'm guided with knowledge, there's always a reason for it, not just for me. So it feels wrong to withhold just for the sake of peaceful discussions. Honestly, I would rather they hate me as long as the beauty of Islam is not kept from them. Now, let me give the example that may support this. In an effort to make things more relatable, I usually try to link concepts to everyday things. So the first time I told my mom the meaning of inshallah, I told her about the word that we use in Spanish that most likely comes from it. Whenever we say, whenever we want to say the word, hopefully, in Spanish, we use the word ojalá. And yes, at that time, it backfired on me because she stopped using the word altogether thinking that she may be inadvertently worshipping another god. But I was not defeated because just last week, I remembered a phrase in Spanish that we use, and I didn't hold back just because it was the same topic again. So the phrase translated into English would be, one proposes and God disposes. And I told her that this is the meaning of inshallah. So this time around, she was impressed and was so pleased to learn that 
that she started using it with me. She was always hearing me say it, and now she has repeated it a couple of times to me. So if I had held back, I would have missed this golden opportunity. And I'm, I'm just glad that she's coming around slowly, slowly, but I can't, I can't keep stopping myself from discussing the same things over and over again. So what do you guys think of that? <laughs> so I think, mashallah, you're, you, everything is good with balance. And as Allah said, with the middle ground, Allah has chosen the middle ground for you. Any extremes that we go to, either we barrage somebody, uh, even with dawah, and it just becomes relentless, never-ending sort of thing. Or, like you said, we just hold back, uh, anticipating that the person might get upset, so we just, I'm just not going to say anything. Right. There's, a middle, there's a middle ground, right? The other thing is that middle ground may actually vary from day to day because if your mother's in a really good mood, maybe she's seen a video maybe about Islam or something and she's actually now asked you a question, clearly those, those boundaries have shifted now. Now you're more open to perhaps present more of Islam to her or whatever, right? If on the other hand she sees a a, 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 a nasty video of somebody behaving really badly and they're Muslim and she's very angry, you know, maybe you might reconcile the issue or, or, or say to her, well, this is not really representative and just leave it along those lines. But you might not necessarily start giving her the same dawah that you would do on the, on the other occasion. But I, I would agree with you, sister. It's all about balance. It's all about the psychology. And ultimately, look, you know your mother. You know when the time might be right, when the time might not be right. You know yourself, because you've obviously grown up with your mum, as to, you know, uh, if I really want this message to get through, if I say it this way, will it work better? Or if I say it that way, will it work better? Because we're all different. Every human being out there is different. Our sensibilities, our the way we've brought up, you know, the things that we've seen or heard, you know, absorbed. And as a consequence, we're all, we all react differently to things, right? So the, our, our discussion with you previously was not just, just stop completely and not do any dawah. And it, and it no, was I know, not, I know. And, and it wasn't, and it wasn't to sort of say, yeah, just keep going, you know, put your uh, foot on the gas pedal and just keep it there all the, all the time. It wasn't that either. But Alhamdulillah, I think what you've managed to do is you've brought something that's familiar to her culturally, something she's used to actually saying, and it's got her thinking. You know, it's got her thinking. And, and, and Alhamdulillah, you know, the, as you said, all knowledge comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all inspiration comes from Allah. And Allah is the one who opens the, the doors, the hearts. Yeah. And it could be something completely unique for your mother, whereas it might be something completely unique for somebody else. And this is what you find. When you ask 10 Muslims, uh, new Muslims who, who became Muslim, they'll often come up with different reasons. You know, we had a brother on last uh, stream. I don't know if, Doctor, you remember um, the English brother who joined us. I think he had some insulation in his loft that he was doing off or roof or whatever. He started reading the Quran, as so many people have, by the way, by watching what was happening in Palestine. That was his trigger point. Now, before seeing the videos, I would have never thought, really, I would not have thought 
that people would be so inspired by, obviously we are because we're Muslim, we see the suffering, these are our brothers and our sisters. And of course, as Muslims, we are supposed to have empathy for everybody. It's not just that they're Muslims. But it shocked me that people from the Western Hemisphere. Oh, Aslawa, look at me, Jazz. I always feel about 20 years older when you say uncle, but uh, <laughs> uncle is probably the I, right term, actually. Well, you are my uncle in many sense. I am indeed. I mean, it's in a good way. I, of course, you I do. don't promise. And I don't mind it at all because I, I used to mind it 10 years ago, but now I just think, and at 55, it's time to be accepting of the fact that you're getting old, buddy. Just accept it. So, so advisor, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So, you see, my sister, so that that impetus, that uh, trigger for a lot of people, even today, who've become Muslim, is because of what they've seen in Gaza, and they've seen people's children blown up, their families blown up under the rubble, and they're saying, you know, they're still remembering Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. They're they're asking for Allah's <coughs> forgiveness. And they're thanking Allah. They are doing shukr, which is thanks, which is, uh, you know, um, showing Allah, uh, you know, obedience through being grateful and showing gratitude. And people could not understand this concept. Where is this strength? Where is this coming from? So, mashallah, there, there are different triggers for different people. But I think that, mashallah, what you've explained to me just now is beautiful because it literally is something that was familiar to her. And you've actually managed to show her how similar that is to uh, Islam. And I, think I didn't not- even, yeah, I didn't even plan it. It just popped up out of the clear blue sky. It came to my mind and I said, as soon as it came to my mind, I said it right away. I didn't stop myself. And fortunately, it was at the exact time that it should have been said. So the reason I had to, yeah, alhamdulillah. So that's why the reason I brought it up today is because I'm constantly thinking about dawah question and answers. I'm constantly looking at videos on YouTube. Whenever I'm commuting, that's all I do. I'm usually not on the phone. I'm usually on YouTube. Um, well, I reward you. But the thing is that I'm constantly, because I'm constantly thinking about it, I'm constantly getting ideas and, and, and words that I should say. So because it's so often, I don't want to overwhelm my mom, but at the same time, I don't want to forget and then... Yeah. She misses out on whatever came to my mind. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let the other brothers come in, but I'm, I said to you, the, I said to you this last time as well, and I say this to other brothers and sisters: Allah is aware of your concern. Allah is aware of your dedication. Allah is aware of your wanting to please Allah and to share this message. And inshallah, ta'ala, that is a constant reward for you and a blessing and a mercy, inshallah, ta'ala, from Allah for you as well, right? And all guidance comes from Allah. Allah is the one that inspires our hearts, even to incline towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or to do dawah. But I said this to you last time as well. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, be I, kind I, to I, yourself I, and have trust in Allah. Allah will make, inshallah, things better and improve things in terms of the dawah for you with your mother. And inshallah, don't lose hope. Allah will oh, no, guide never. her. We, we, we pray for her. The brothers and sisters here are praying for her as well. And your sisters, inshallah, that Allah blesses them with this beauty of Islam. I went to, yes, just today, just to, uh, a quick story, actually. I went to my cousin's, uh, second cousin he is. His father passed away just today. 
oh. in uh, in India, and they were burying him, and they were just showing on the phone the burial and everything like that, you know. And we were just talking because uh, my uh, my my cousin's uh, wife, she was there as well, and her brother was a very good friend of mine. He was an airline pilot. He was killed in a bombing in Pakistan when he was probably my age, maybe being younger than me. Uh, you know, he was an airline pilot working for PIA. He was in a hotel, and there was a bomb blast. And I just said to her, like, you know, I was so shocked with him dying because it was just so sudden. And, you know, we were very good friends because we both uh, had the same interest of, like, flying and this sort of stuff, you know. So we'd always have conversations, and it was a huge shock. And then, you know, I, I we were just talking, and we just then thought to ourselves, and she said it actually to me. She said, you know, alhamdulillah for Islam. She said, I have a, a cleaner who comes here and cleans my house for me. She's Hindu. And her, her mother or father, I think, just died. <clears throat> and she's in constant turmoil because she says, I'm trying to look, where can I go to find where my uh, father may have been, uh, you know, um, brought back you know because they believe in reincarnation so i could just be close to him somehow and this is a, a turmoil that she has and for other people the turmoil is that this is the end there's nothing after this and so she was saying alhamdulillah for islam i've lost so many people in my family she lost her brothers uh she, she lost her father eight years ago and she said you know the, the thing that got me through was Islam and Alhamdulillah for Islam, that we have this huge thing that we have so much faith, so much, mashallah, strength from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know. Um, and so we're very, very lucky. This is such a gift that Allah has bestowed upon us, that we have iman, that we have belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And wallahi, sister, you know, the beautiful thing, we don't... All of us, we don't really see how wonderful this gift is. But on the day of judgment, when the reward is handed out for the small dawah that you've done to your mother, your sister, on that day, you know, we'll be like shocked as to I've, I've just got all of this just because I said this. Subhanallah, you know. The so, thing that comforts me a lot is knowing that there are prophets that it didn't matter how many, how many years they spent preaching their entire lives. Yes. And not a single person believed. Yeah. So if they, prophets, have had this issue, then yes. uh, it's nothing for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. May as Allah much as I love them. my family, though. <laughs> yeah, inshallah, but, to let Allah guide them. And, inshallah. you know, but we, 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 we are lucky beyond our wildest dreams, subhanAllah. Right. Allah has bestowed iman in us and the belief of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and gifted us with this religion. None of us deserve it, uh, whether we're born into it or whether Allah, mashallah, introduced you to it and, and bestowed you uh, with iman, with belief and brought you in. Um, but we're, we are just so lucky. And of course, we want to share that gift with everybody because we want them to benefit. We want them to experience this as well. Alhamdulillah. Right. May Allah guide them. Uh, it just, um, I don't know if you had uh, the sister's conversation initially, but uh, doctor, are you still there? Or are you... Uh, I just had to shoot off to get my tea. But would you what would you like would you like to add anything to Sister um, uh, Tina? Well, alhamdulillah, I think you've said everything. Um, you said this in, in initially. The words were harsher than what the story was. <laughs> so you said that actually they may hate me and it may hard people to follow and not at all. I mean, that's the thing. That's the risk I'm willing to take. Nice and soft huh? and gentle. It was no, a nice I am. Story. I am. I am. I'm. I'm 
I'm doing my best to have the tact to talk to yeah. them and, and not uh, not cause a backlash or something negative instead of the positive thing I want to achieve. So I do. I'm careful. I'm very careful. But I just I'm my mind works very fast and it's constantly on dawa mode, I guess. So mm -hmm. I'm constantly thinking of, oh, maybe I should have said this or oh, maybe I should have said that. So because it's so persistent in my mind, I just wanted to make sure that when I get a chance, I can actually say what I what I at least what I remember from that. So because I I know I'm not trying to pester them, but I also don't want to forget what I was uh, the ideas that come to my mind. Because I know they do have an effect, even if it's later. Maybe now they'll they'll shock them, but later, maybe when they think about it, maybe it'll have an effect, just like the inshallah thing. Alhamdulillah. So I think you're, I think actually you're getting probably the balance better because you're aware, you're being yourself aware, and you're really trying to make that balance between am I overdoing it or am I being okay? And I think the what you, the example you gave was a was a wonderful one. So inshallah, I, th I think uh, that's fine. Um, but I, now, because you said your mind is always going over this after uh, very fast and all the time, I understand Abbas's statement about looking after yourself. It's important not to become consumed with that, because ultimately Allah is the one that guides. But the guidance is of two types. So there's the guidance of the irshad, which is the information provision which the prophets do, and which what which is what we're trying to do by passing on the information of Islam in a, in a good way, inshallah. And then there's the guidance, which is the tawfiq, which comes from Allah, that when you accept the information that's given to you, Allah puts the iman in your heart. So okay, the, the reason why I, I kind of pressure myself is because my mom is almost 70, 70. Um, so I'm I'm afraid that um, time, may, time may run out. And let's say she lives until 100. Maybe I run out. So, <laughs> so you know, nothing is guaranteed in this life. I've, so yeah, I, have, seen, I don't... I understand. I've seen people who are unwell in a bed in a hospital. We're told they have hours. And the young around them die before them. Right. So you're absolutely right. Uh, I understand the concern, but inshallah, she's uh, you're because you're the example, alhamdulillah, to her. She, looking at you is now all the time. The fact that you carry yourself and you speak in a certain way and you hold yourself to a certain standard, you have a, a character of about you which is you know uh, inspiring. Inshallah, that is in itself is dawa all the time. And inshallah, she will, you know, may Allah guide her and bring her to the deen. And you're absolutely right. There's no way to know. But I understand the pressure. But inshallah, you know, uh, make lots of dua for her. Because that's the most, probably the, one of the biggest parts of the dawah is you make dua for the people who you give the dawah to, inshallah. Okay, so I know you guys are pretty much wrapping it up with me. I want to ask you guys one last thing. Because I emailed you guys a couple of days after the last stream I was in. And I never got a reply. So he said that I should maybe bring it up now. Um, so I went to your uh, Lally, Spanish that, that's what Bashib's responding to you. That, that's what I know. It's definitely not me or Dr. Imran, okay? That's a I've, joke. That's a joke. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, um, so what was I saying? So, pretty much, I went to the Spanish channel that you guys have, and I saw that's very few videos, very few. And so, because I'm gonna start translating uh, the stuff. For my mom to Spanish from your videos, I was thinking if you guys wanted me to translate for you guys too, because I'm already gonna do it for her. If I could, you know, at least in a little way, you know, do some contribution. And so we, started, we did start with the Spanish translations, but actually we had we had issues getting quality translators. So we had to back, we had to come back and actually remove a lot of the translated videos because we realized there were errors they were in wrong. them. Um, okay. 
So uh, well, I can help yeah. with that if you guys want. Yeah, I'm, gonna already, I'm already planning to do that because there was a video that I showed my mom about Paul. And even though she was always against what I was saying about Paul, when I showed her that one video, she said, no, there's no way that this 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 amount of deceit is possible. There's no way. There's no way. So I was like, OK, how about this? How about I translate the video for you and then you can digest it better so you can understand it better because her English is not perfect. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, I plan this Ramadan to, since I'm not going to be eating for lunch, to, to dedicating my lunch break to uh, translating videos for her. So that's already the plan that I'm going to do. So I was wondering if you guys wanted me to you know, yeah, share that translations and, uh, with you guys. We'll, we'll um, get the translators to... Um, what, what we normally do is we transcribe the videos in English first, and then we send those transcriptions to, the, to our um, translators. And then uh, they'll, they'll share what software they're using and what have you. And inshallah, I'm sure we can do something. And that would be very helpful. Uh, there are, I mean, one of the reasons for starting the Spanish translations was that um, I think Spanish is spoken by something like 500 million people around the world. So it's actually a really, it's half a billion people. But for whatever reason, I don't know whether it was the fact that we weren't regularly putting things out. It didn't quite take off the way we were hoping it would do. But inshallah, you know, who knows? Uh, with your help, Sister Tina, maybe we can uh, reach those half a billion uh, Spanish Well, speakers. it would be my pleasure to contribute. <laughs> inshallah, we'll, we'll try to get, uh, send rummage to the emails. It's just that um, generally it's Brother Ayaz who handles the emails and he works full time. And then sometimes the emails come in at such a volume, uh, it's like uh, difficult to get through them all. But inshallah, we'll try to rummage through the emails, get your email out, and then hopefully respond to you as well. Sounds perfect. I look forward to it then. All right, sister. Assalamu alaikum. Okay, inshallah. Uh, guys, if you have your cameras on backstage, you'll get on faster. Shah Aziz, uh, Green Helmet, uh, or Hermit, sorry. Uh, we've got... If you have your cameras on and we can interact with you. Uh, yeah, I think, brother, um, I think, hi, you were up next. Um, and um, uh, I'm going to get you on next, inshallah. Uh, hi, welcome to the stream. Hello, can you hear me? We can hear you, yes. Assalamu alaikum, brothers. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So my question is uh, to each other, if possible. So it's about how do we know if the Bible is corrupted? So I was in a discussion with a Christian about Acts 8.37, and I claimed that it wasn't found in the earliest manuscripts in Codex Sinaiticus. And he uh, responded that Cyprian of Carthage, as well as Irenus, um, <coughs> referenced in, in their work. So how do we know that uh, it's not actually part of the canon? Okay, easy answer. Anytime a Christian tells you that the answer can be found in the writings of the church fathers, there are two things to always do. One, that the church fathers almost never, word for word, quoted any piece of scripture. So it's usually a paraphrase, and they can reference different places in the Bible, because the Bible repeats itself in a number of places. The second thing to keep in mind is that most of the manuscripts of the church fathers are after the 5th century. And the manuscripts of the church fathers themselves, over the years, the scribes have tended to correct the paraphrases of the church fathers 
in the manuscript tradition to line up with what the Bible says. So the error that the, that the person has made is to presume that the writings of the church fathers are preserved where the Bible isn't, when the reality is that both the writings of the church fathers and the Bible are not preserved, but that they build off of each other much later in the manuscript tradition. So that same Christian go back and ask them, what is the earliest manuscript where Cyprian says this? What's the earliest manuscript where Irenaeus says this? And I promise you they'll tell you somewhere beyond the 5th, 6th or 7th century. And they will almost never be able to give you one manuscript where it's word for word. The most that they will get is a paraphrase, but how close that's left up in the air. So just keep that in mind. The other thing that you can often do is, if not those two things, just ask them, okay, why would God allow the scripture to be wrong but the church fathers to be right? But it's, it's ridiculous, right? If God's word, he's breathed his word into scripture, then are the words of the church fathers higher than that of scripture? If he's an orthodox Christian, he might say the church fathers choose the scripture. But the logic here is still tainted because the church fathers aren't saying that they're writing from the inspiration of God, that their words are God-breathed. But the Bible itself says that every word, every single word in it is God-breathed. So either every single word in it is God-breathed and it matches exactly word for word, or it doesn't. If it doesn't, and there's changes from what the church fathers say, how can the church fathers who are humans be more perfect in the word of God than the word of God itself? So either way, it's a lose-lose situation for the Christian. Hmm. So could we assume that the writings of the church fathers are actually yes. possibly corrupted? Yes, you don't, you don't even have to think about it. The answer is yes. And the way that you can demonstrate this is go to just like close your eyes, go to any book of any church father and see where they quote scripture. And you will never see it word for word. In the modern English translations, they clean it up. But there is a, there is a, um, there's a publication by Loeb, L-O-E-B, on the Antinicene fathers, the fathers before the Council of Nicaea. And you can read it in the Greek. You can read it and it doesn't line up. It's very, they, they, they have to reconstruct the text, but it goes back earlier than most Christian publications and they don't line up. And most Christians that you speak to online either don't know that that work exists, don't have access to it, can't find the manuscripts for the writings of the church fathers, and they can't produce for you a scholarly edition of the writings of the church fathers. Okay. That's a lot, but just go back to what today, like, like the two minutes of me speaking, and that should be uh, satisfactory, inshallah. Never accept a quote of a church father without a reference from a manuscript. It's just that simple. Mm. Okay. Uh, the other question I have is, is it how do, how do I uh, contact you directly, if possible, via email so or something? The EFDAWA email, and they can, uh, I can access it myself. Just put like in the subject line, EJAS or something, and uh, one of the brothers will notify me, or I'll see it and respond to it, inshallah. If not, if you contact Brother Abbas personally, I'll definitely be sure to follow up with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's well, it. Okay, may Allah bless you, brother. Hi, Odi. May Allah bless you. Me. Just a quick question on that. Very interesting. So, yes. are we? Are you saying then the biblical manuscripts, uh, whatever scraps we have, come before the writings of the church fathers, or in, the church fathers' writings? 
So in most cases, the manuscripts of the New Testament, whatever pieces we have, tend to predate the writings of the church fathers. Right. And the writings of the church fathers themselves, they develop and they change over time. So you will often find text, like if you go into a critical text, a reconstructed text of the New Testament, you will never really see them quote a church father as the primary reference for how they reconstruct an verse oh, in the wow. New Testament. Because oh, no. the writings of the church fathers themselves need to be textually reconstructed before you can use them. So you, you kind of lose the point. If you have to reconstruct yeah. the source yeah. that you're going to go to, yeah. you yeah. kind of lose the authority of it, right? Yeah, of course. So, so it is significant. And the way that the Orthodox Christians like wriggle their way out of it is to say, well, well, the, you know, God has inspired both traditions, so they're both simultaneously correct. But yeah. we know that God isn't, uh, what is it? God isn't a Lord of confusion. When yeah. he speaks, does he need to say things in different ways twice? And yeah. often contradictory to each other. So you will often find a church father saying that another church father probably misheard or misunderstood the reference. At which point, how can he be guided by the Spirit? Yeah, so that's really interesting. Uh, brother, have you found that helpful? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you reach out to me, I've got a couple of references on the writings of the Church Fathers that I can send you directly myself, and okay. um, maybe a couple of PDFs that would, that would be of assistance. Yeah, so it's never yes, Muslim yes, articles or Muslim websites, it's Christian articles from Christian websites. Yeah, but we had uh, we had uh, Jason Burns, uh, Pastor Jason Burns, on, and he said all scholarship basically has been influenced by, uh, you know, this. Uh, m m what did he say? His exact word was this m modern, uh, modern take on I don't know what it was, but it wasn't. It was they were not Christian basically. They were influenced by the, uh, you know, by culture and the, I, and the I, university. I I didn't take Jason to be a takfiri, but you know, you yeah, he was a great takfiri. Yeah, but it was it was nice to have him on because it it was actually relatively calm. Uh, brother, was there any follow up question you wanted to ask, Doctor? Did you want to add anything to that at all, or lovely? No, no, no follow up questions. Just uh, should I put my email in the private chat so you can no, send no, me send, the PDF? No, uh, on the EF, we'll put up our email on the screen. Well, we put our email up, brother, and then what you can do, inshallah, is if you oh here we go, mashallah. Yeah, because if you put it in the back chat, the public can see it. Everybody, everybody else can oh. see it. They'll start emailing you as well. Mm. Then, no, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna send an email, and uh, hopefully, you could uh, send me the Inshallah. points. Okay, Jazakallah, guys, you're doing great. You're doing a great job. Jazakallah, where are you from, brother? Germany. Oh, I thought so because you know you sounded a little bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know when he says, <laughs> "Get to the chopper." You know, so I thought this brother, this this brother, I think he's he's definitely from somewhere around there. Obviously, Arnie was uh, Austrian, I believe, but I, yeah. I think they speak German in Austria, don't they? Yeah, they do. So yeah, I was just exposed. I was just sort of hearing that. Get to the job. Anyway, brother, thank you for coming you on. Know, Uncle Abbas, there's there's a rule that they have: never ask a German about Austria. They don't have a good history with that. Really, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No, but uh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. That just shows how culturally um, unaware I am. But brother, it was a pleasure to have you on, inshallah, and hopefully speak again soon. Inshallah, I'm sure you'll be back. Slavolik, well. It's a good question, actually. Uh, it's something I learned. So this is the beautiful thing, isn't it? People will ask questions, and 
mashallah, especially for me, you know, a lot of it's new. I, I learn a lot of stuff as well. Right, guys, if you have your cameras on, you get on quicker. Uh, Brother Shah, uh, the Green Hermit, hi. Uh, if you have your cameras on, uh, Shah Aziz, just give me a quick wave, brother. Brother Shah, we're going to get you on next. If you want to leave your camera on, you can do. Uh, if you wish to turn it off, you can turn it off, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, Brother Shah, welcome to the stream. You're just muted. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum uh, how are you all? Alhamdulillah, brother. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Where are you tuning in from, brother? I'm uh, from Egypt. So From Egypt, mashallah. Uh, excuse my English. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, your English is very good. Your English is better than my Arabic. Let's put it that way. Well, um, okay. please Can ask I your question. A, a Sorry, brother. Uh, sharing of PDFs is is a little bit difficult because we would need to read it first. Um, did you did you email it to us? Yeah, the brother emailed it to us. Have you had a look at it, doctor? Well, it's it's a long document. It's um. 36 pages of oh, 36 pages so yeah. brother why don't you just tell us a little bit about the document uh since it is so extensive this connection is very slow yeah our, our connection here is, is good but um uh, maybe from egypt um uh, i don't know if that sounds racist i'm sorry if it does but uh maybe the connection basically right sorry Think we should cancel yeah, our connection is one. very slow. Yes, brother. Uh, uh, why don't you ask your question, inshallah, or make your statement? Um, uh, uh, because I think the connection is very slow. You're right. Mm. Brother, I, go I, ahead. I need to get your. Can you hear me? Yes, you yes, can yes, give it He's on an eight-second delay. So, brother, ask your question because we can't hear you. Ask it, and then we'll be able to respond, okay? So, eight seconds. Okay. I um, I don't know how to... I think I can describe Islam in some beautiful way. I don't know. So, I need you to... If you can just uh, open the PDF, that would be help, uh, so helpful. Brother, we can't go through a 30-page document. So if you want to just explain, inshallah. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm not going through the 30 page. I'm just uh, going to go through the entry. It's just one page. Okay, let's do that, going, inshallah. Uh, okay. Is that is that the one you want? Uh, uh, yes, the entry, the first page. Okay. Uh, all most of religion are showing the exterior, like the exterior uh, design. Okay, and everyone claim that his religion 
is the best religion is the path to God. But if you reveal the exterior design and you just show the structure of the religion, you will end up the, to see the truth of Islam between all other religions. And you've, you'll see other religions is with uh, cracks and uh, not uh, good foundation. And this claim is based on two, uh, and this, uh, you know, like view is based on two claims. Okay. The first claim is that uh, well, the angels in Islam are very unique. And I'm not sure if that claim is right or not. So that's the first thing I need you to help me with. Okay, brother, the angels in brother, Islam don't do brother, any sin. Brother, so there's a lot to follow up from here. I think we get the gist of it. Uh, we understand what you're trying to say. MashaAllah, it looks well written. But we need time to evaluate it on our own. And you've given us a very good introduction. I like what you have to say. Islam is the only one with a good foundation, and we all believe this, alhamdulillah. And the others do not have a good foundation. We agree with this. But uh, okay. we need more time to evaluate what you've written, inshallah. I just need a confirmation of two uh, claims right now. Is the angels in Islam, if it, is Islam is the only religion uh, that with angels that don't do any sin, I'm not sure. Like like any to... like in Christianity, angels do fall, right? They do sin. Yes. And yes. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you you are correct, but I'm not I'm not aware of all religions and what they may teach on angels. But yes, I think you are correct that in Islam they don't have free will, so it's not possible for them to sin. This may be one of the unique points for Islam. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, so through I guess the connection is very slow. Brother, what so is So that's the, the first claim, is the, that Islam the is the only religion. Brother, the connection is really, really, really slow. I think we're actually really struggling. But, mashallah, what you've done so far looks good. Uh, maybe what we can do is, you know, like last time, maybe we can book a a time or something where we can maybe speak where it's not live because this particular application... I wish, I wish it's not live. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because I think on StreamYard, yeah. the problem is it's a, a very, very heavy data uh, usage on this particular uh, platform. And um, I wish if you go through it very quickly, the 30 pages. Yeah, inshallah, we'll go through that. We'll go through the. We'll go through the document, and then inshallah, ta'ala, we'll get back to you because this is very slow at the moment. It's not making for a good speed, inshallah. But jazakallah khair for coming on, um, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll speak soon again, inshallah, brother. Please, I really hope you your, uh, to get your help from to, in this. Inshallah, brother, we will we'll make a note of it and we will try to get back to you, inshallah, and we'll continue the conversation. It's easy talking. I mean, it's not very complex. Uh, I mean, at least for you guys, you know, you're... Inshallah. But I'm just saying on this particular uh, platform, 
I think the conversation is just very, very difficult to have because it's a long delay, you see, because it's very heavy on the data. But inshallah, we'll probably try to arrange another t- another way of speaking where we can quick talk faster, inshallah. But Jazakallah khair, Brother Shah, for coming on again. If you can do it after the live tonight, I'm ready. It depends. It, it depends on how what time we finish, because sometimes we finish very late. Uh, it's already coming up to half past nine in the evening. And then it, it can be like half 12, one o'clock. And then some of us are working in the morning. You see, doctor might have an early start. So that might make things difficult. But inshallah, if we can, we will try to we'll try to do that. Okay, brother? Okay, okay. Asalaamu Alaikum. Okay. Uh, brother Green Hermit, we're going to get your next, inshallah. Uh, you can leave your camera on if you want or turn it off. Uh, Brother Green Hermit, welcome to the stream. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you very much for having me. Wa alaikum assalam. Brother, where are you tuning in from today? I'm calling in uh, from Toronto, Canada. Toronto, mashallah. So uh, I'm going to try my best to uh, you know, try to present my question as clearly as possible. Um, so I do apologize if my understanding or the assumptions that I'm making are incorrect. Um, basically, my question is relating to a conversation that I was having with my friends uh, a few weeks ago in regards to uh, marriage, because we're all, my friends and I are in the age of, uh, you know, my friends and I are trying to potentially uh, get married and stuff like that and look for a partner, all this kind of stuff, you know? I thought uh, thought you were going to say to me, brother, that we're looking for your fourth wife. So we were (laughs) I was getting really happy for you there. Mashallah, brother's looking for number four, you know? Please go go ahead, brother. uh, So, you know, one of my friends, uh, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a funny guy. He was like, bro, you don't even need to look for a, uh, you know, some next person, you can just look for uh, uh, people of the book, uh, Jew or Christian or this and that. And, you know, it's fine. My understanding of that was that that's not applicable right now because the people of the book, I mean, you look at the the debates that all three of you brothers have, Speaker's Corner, Arena, this and that, the Jews and Christians that come there, their understanding is so opposite to our understanding of Islam. I don't understand how a marriage could be reconciled um, between a Muslim and a Christian. So I'm just trying to understand how I would approach that conversation with my friends. Brother Ijaz, um, yeah. brother, so, you're, you're uh, ego expert at these things. So I'm a Torontonian, so I know the, the lay of the field. Well, me and Dr. passed it now. We're old men now, so I don't know. <laughs> we can't talk to young men anymore about getting married and stuff. You know, for us, it's just about whether the tea's getting cold or, you know, putting socks on because my feet are cold when I'm on the stream, that sort of thing, you know. But it just go ahead, please. Yes. Uh, so I think the scholars that I follow, well, particularly from one madhab, the Hanafi madhab, but generally say it's not permissible today for brothers to marry women of the book. That there were new and added complications today and very stringent differences between the people of the book at that time and the people of the book at this time. And we tend to follow that same ruling, oddly enough, when it comes to what is permissible of the meat of the people of the book. So as Hanafis, we generally, uh, we, we don't eat of the people of the book in the West. 
And so similarly, we don't marry of them in the West. But let, let, let's think about it from a, a, a different perspective here, which is if it was permissible, what would be the, the, the parameters for it, right? So would it be easier today to marry a person of the book in an Islamic marriage or more difficult? And the answer is it tends to be a lot more difficult because the divorce rate among the people of the book is higher than among those of the Muslims. And two, the ethics and the values of the people of the book today, particularly with uh, liberalism, secular, uh, secularism, and other isms I can't mention, they, they destroy the family itself. And the fourth thing I would add here is for brothers who are religious and pious, right? Religious and pious, I tend to ask them, brother, if your wife, it's a theoretical question, I'm going to ask it to you, the green hermit. If your wife consumes pork in the home and you give to give your, you go to give the wife a kiss <laughs> and she, you see that she's just eating pork or bacon, would you follow through with the kiss or would you stop? Brother, I'm going to be honest. That marriage is not happening from the beginning. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I, I try to tell brothers, think yeah. realistically about this, right? You're not going to tell your wife, okay, honey, first flush your teeth, and then yeah. you'll get your mouthwash in there, and then I, marriage doesn't look like that. Right. There is a, a non-Muslim academic on marriage. His name, I think it's John Gottman, right? And he's written books on successful marriages. And the most likely indicator for a failed marriage is when one partner has contempt for the other. You look down on the other. And so I, I tend to ask brothers about this. I pull out this data point and I say, can do you have contempt for the one who goes to the hellfire? The answer is yes. Yeah. You look down on them knowing that they will enter into the fire because they do not worship Allah. They worship a human being. How can you stand by that? And so I, I hope the answer is logical here to you. On the other end, there are some scholars who do allow it. But the ulama I know who allow it, it's in very, very strict considerations, which I do not think most of the young men my age, <laughs> my age and younger will, uh, will, will fall into that category of permissibility, to say the least. I think that actually pretty much answers the question uh, because when I was speaking to my friends, I did give them the logical explanations and I gave some analogies that I, I thought made sense, but they kept bringing up the fact that, well, the Quran verse says this, but this verse says this and this scholar uh -huh. says this. So I appreciate you giving me the full rundown and especially... But, but I can yeah. make it easier for you. If, you. if you reach out to us after the stream, because I'm local to Toronto, I promise you whatever region you're in, whatever school you go to, I will know an alim in your area. So don't take it from EF Tower. I will get you an alim. Tell me what madhab you follow, if you follow one or not. Uh, and I will take this question to the alim Whoa. And I will have them answer for, on your behalf. And maybe they can spend a few minutes with you and your friends so you get a more in-depth answer. But generally, we tell the lay people, do not extract rulings from the Quran without first following it through by those who are well-educated in it. Right. right? So, well, I, I, I know that, Dr. Mashallah, you've got a lot of other nuances to this subject. So <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I really would like to hear you as well, inshallah. Assalamualaikum, brother. Um, so this this thing is um, this it's almost like a fetish. I'm gonna I'm gonna be sorry. I'm gonna be a little bit um, 
abrupt here, so my apologies. It's almost like a fetish amongst the youth that they want to marry these people uh, who are not Muslims. And I, and I don't know what the reason is. Is it that it's, they're easy or they don't know, they won't have the rights that Islam requires them to have or that you find them more attractive in some way? Because one of the things that's missing in this discussion is what's the purpose of marriage? Why are you getting married? At this you, age, at, at this age. Yeah, absolutely. There's one thing. Yeah. There's only one thing. No, I, <laughs> I don't mean to interject with Dr. Iman, but the Green Hermit, do yeah. you go to a, a mixed gender school? Yeah, my university is mixed gender, yeah. Oh, that's a university. It's going to be mixed gender. Yeah. Okay, so in that context, when you go to university, you join an ISOC or what was it called? The MS, MSC? Oh, the MSC, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's where most brothers and sisters in my time mm. went to get married, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But today, it's not just the MSC, it's the barista at the Starbucks on campus. <laughs> He's laughing because he knows, right? Like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So take Dr. Imran's advice. He's a specialist on this topic. <laughs> so the the th the thing really is is that you're you're looking for someone, yes, companion, yes, attractive, yes, all of these things, but someone who is going to be that person that helps you to raise your children and to make them into, inshallah, the future leaders of the ummah. And so the ideal candidate for this is going to be a wonderful Muslim woman who's been raised really well from a, a good Muslim family and has a good backing or, or you know, a solid foundation. Now, some some reverts may fit into this if they're found if they're if they're grounding themselves and they're building their foundations up by engaging in learning, etc. But the thing that you don't want to do is be in a situation like Brother Ajaz described, where yes, so you find someone attractive, yeah, I can make them the people in the book. You you can find a factor somewhere and you marry them. You have children, then it goes wrong, and it goes wrong in in some way because there's a there's a clash of uh, ideas, values, values completely. And what happens then is that the 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 mechanisms that those women will use to extract themselves from the marriage uh, are the family law in the West, and the family law in the West is heavily biased towards women. The children will go there. There'll be there'll be other implications, etc. But you'll lose your children to the faith of that person because ultimately most of these women go back to what they were before because they're essentially marrying you for uh, no other reason than attraction there's no commitment in terms of long-term view and everything else so there's basically a disaster waiting to happen. and i've seen it so often and i just think why, yeah. why are you entering this in the first place I, there are so many wonderful muslim sisters out there who need sure. husbands mm -hmm. and uh, really no, you have to sort of uh, think widely i want to take i know you're itching to uh, yeah, no, I, I want to take this from Dr. Imran when he says it's a fetishization, hopefully I got that word right, of non-Muslim women. Like you yeah. grow up and you watch them on TV, you see them at the movies, you see them online. So you, I can understand young men who are still trying to understand what they like and they don't like. They come across these things. You're getting very shy and, with all these conversations now. What? You're getting very shy with all this sort of conversation. I might be 55, but, you know, still, you know, mashallah. But, I mean, you know, please. I promise you I can break his shyness. Brother Abbas, do you, remember, do you remember an incident in Qatar? Sorry? <laughs> <When> the, <laughs> I don't even I remember the incident in Qatar. 
Qatar. <laughs> There's only one incident that happened in Qatar. Yeah, to you, yeah. <laughs> to you, yeah. I don't think we I don't think we should go down there on live uh, live camera though. What happens in Qatar stays in Qatar. Exactly. It wasn't anything like that, subhanAllah. But it was still a funny thing. Anyway, let, let's <laughs> but, not let our imaginations yeah. run wild here. Hold <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dr. Imran, you're speaking about ethics and values. So, I know a number of Muslim brothers, young, talking between 19 and 26, maybe, who got married to non Muslim sisters here in Toronto. And very quickly, um, the life, the day-to-day -day life became difficult. Why? When you're always waking up to go to Fajr in the morning, mm. uh, just like keep the door closed. The sound is too loud. Can you just put it downstairs or something? Or when it comes to things like um, paying for things in a marriage, well, most people today, they have, if you follow the Western system, uh, the man has his own uh, money. The woman has her own money. They split the rent wherever they live in. And then the rest on amenities and groceries, etc. So that's a 50-50 split. The thing is, in Islam, the responsibility for the household, the financial responsibility, is typically of that of the man's. And because it's the man's, he can ask the woman not to work. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine in today's world a sister, a non-Muslim lady, leaving university with a degree, being told. Let's get married, but you can't go to it. At least not as yet. Well, maybe the brothers just want to get all the... Maybe the brothers want to stay at home and just get her to work. That's maybe why they want a Western woman. But then it doesn't work out because the Western woman, because she controls all the money, she controls all the power. Because it's not about Western women. Because the, the, the Muslims in the West are Western women to a certain extent that's because you've you raised in the culture. Yeah, it's but, actually but, about the Islamic base that they need to be strong because this is what really... Uh, you can be Western and Islamic, and you can be Western and non-Islamic. Non and the problem is, is that's the problem where you're seeking this, and it is a uh, the other, you know, the, this exotic other that you're trying to. The and grass is, is greener on the other side. It's always the case, but the reality is that when you get there, it's not greener. It should have been, you know, overturned and replanted many years ago. Could, could I ask you the green hermit? Right, you've heard your friends talk about this. How? You guys can maybe do this among yourselves, but try to role play what it would be like to have a marriage. Just between the two, just sit down and be like, okay, honey, time for you to pay the bills. No, I'm a feminist. You pay the bills. Right? You don't know whether that's, he's laughing, I got him. But this is what happens. If you don't, if you don't live out the experiences you're going to experience, it's but the first, the first time you encounter it, it's going to just knock you aside. I give a very easy example. You get upset with your wife. She decides to go to the bar just to chill out. She becomes drunk. She's intoxicated in public. Gets picked up by the police. What is your family quality of life if that's the way that things are resolved? Right. Think about that. Or she has no problem with LGBTQIA being taught to her children. Would you have a problem with that? So there are so many things that people bring into the marriage. <laughs> we have to be very, very careful.
That's what I was saying. But yeah, no, I was just saying, you, know, you know, role play. Uh, you're not saying like dancing and practicing all that sort of stuff. It's more no, about I'm, no. I'm saying sit down. Like like if there's four of your brothers, sit down the four of you. Pretend yeah. that one of you is a man, the other is the woman, <laughs> and argue, argue like you are a married couple. Right? Yeah. See what happens. What What are some of the things that a non-Muslim girl will do in a marriage with a Muslim man? Yeah. Well, she might want you to go to Christmas dinner with her family. How do you say, no, I can't partake? Like, even if they take you to the event, what are you going to eat? What are you yeah. going to starve for two days? <laughs> what are you going to do? So role play those, those live action scenarios out, and you will see that those marriages never last. What you're looking for is pleasure. I'll just be honest with you, pleasure. But that pleasure is so momentarily that the pain that you will have afterwards will be much worse. And that will be financial pain. It will be custody pain. And it will be hard pain. I think, brother, you know, on a serious note, we've had a, a bit of a laugh, we've had a bit of a joke as well. But in a nutshell, it's not just about the, um, the the novelty or the, uh, you know, um, the looking forward to the marriage side of things. But we have to be practical. And you have to also look at it from the perspective of divorce. So if we were to separate, if we were to divorce, what would then happen to my children, Right. And, you know, one of the things that the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam said about the rights of the children, what was the first right he said that the child has? Find them a good mother. In other words, the, the children are not even born yet, but you're thinking about the consequences of being with somebody and how that interaction with your children with the generations that will follow after that as to um, how that will have an effect. And look, we've all been young, um, you know, uh, doctor's been young, I've been young, you know, we've all been young. What do you mean being young? Well, you know, you know what I mean, 30, 40 years ago we were young, you know. But the thing is that, you know, when you're young, you tend not to think about the, these things deeply. But like Ijaz said, when you then see cases, and, you know, I had um, a relative, an uncle, he's passed away, Mellab, um, give him Jannah, you know, he was, uh, he would have probably been in his 90s now. So this is a long time ago, you know, he came to the UK uh, in like the 50s, uh, late 50s sort of thing. <clears throat> and uh, he got married to an English lady. <clears throat> and she wasn't, she wasn't Muslim, she was Christian. And all five of his kids, when they divorced, uh, uh, left the, they were never really Muslim anyway, because they never really, because there was always this tussle between Christianity and Islam. And so because of this tussle, and especially children are very much connected to their mother, uh, at least till the ages of at least up to like 10, 12, they're very close to their mothers. And the mother would have a, a great deal of influence on her children. And because of this tussle, uh, most of them actually were atheists. They didn't, they didn't even believe in anything. So don't just think about the marriage, but think of the possibility of if there is a divorce, what would be the situation. I, I, I do, honestly, I do sympathize with my young brothers and sisters who want to get married. I think 
that we need to sort this out within the community. I think there needs to be a lot more work in the community to find uh, safe uh, places where uh, brothers and sisters can, inshallah, hopefully get married. Uh, there's a lot of pitfalls out there. There are a lot of uh, websites out there, marriage websites. Actually, are not marriage websites at all. They're dating websites. Right. Uh, and so there's a there's a huge problem. And I actually really do sympathize with my young brothers and sisters who are trying to get married. We've had, I don't know if the doctor remembers, even at Speaker's Corner, we've had young brothers and sisters who said, you know, I'd like to get married, uh, Uncle. What would you recommend? Where shall I go? How shall I do this? You know, and I was a bit lost for words because I don't have that real advice, to be honest. And there are a few people who are doing sort of marriage. Uh, you know, they're doing some sort of work, <clears throat> but it's that it's not enough. And I think maybe the, the 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 local masjids, maybe they should just have a list of brothers and sisters who want to get married. Uh, and maybe brothers can, I don't know, uh, contact the parents and say, I'm, I'm looking for marriage. And, and, and all the fathers, mothers can go through CVs of, of brothers and sisters. They can show it to their daughters. They can show it to their sons and maybe open <clears throat> of a dialogue or conversation. But there definitely needs to be um, um, definitely needs to be something that's done uh, because it's, it's not easy. And especially it's not easy because. Society has really changed in the last, say, 20, 30 years. Um, society has become overly sexualized. Um, and, you know, we're all grown up here. You know, of course, Allah has created us. We are wired in a certain way. And uh, love and affection and, and, and intimacy, these, th these things are part of who we are. Allah has created us in this way. And so... You, the fact that this avenue, the halal avenues, are not that easily available, it's it is causing problems where brothers and sisters are going down maybe certain routes where they're going onto websites and stuff where they, there's, there's, there's there's potential for abuse there. But as far as marrying a, a Christian or a Jew or you know, and of course we're not supposed to be marrying atheists anyway because it's supposed to be the people of the book. Um, but think about the consequences of the rights of your children that you're going to have, and are you best and adequately protecting their rights? Because, wallahi, if they lose Iman, they lose Islam as a consequence of your decision, then you have, you have created the greatest loss for your child. There is nothing that that child could lose more than, have, than have losing their Iman. Yes. So just just think about those things, and I, and, I, and as I say, I do sympathise, and may I make things easy for uh, brothers and sisters. I know there are some halal websites out there where they don't have photographs, and they uh, have only um, uh, the, the sort of sort of the descriptions of or the, uh, the 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 bios of, of people, and then people can have a, a, a mentor or somebody in the middle of Willie to, to, to create contact. There are some things that are going on, but I think there needs to be definitely a lot more uh, that needs to be done. May Allah help you and make things easy for you. But I, I hope that okay. helps you, brother. And I, and I hope just speak to your friends as well and just say to them, like, guys, you know what it is? It's 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 great to marry somebody. Can I, before. Can I ask a question before you? Uh, yeah, yeah, please. Give the final thing. Uh, brothers, have you told your family that you're looking for marriage? Uh, me right now, uh, I don't think it's feasible. 
uh, for me to get married right now only because my your, your friends who are discussing this with you oh, have they spoken to their mother or their father saying i'm looking for marriage no they haven't okay that's probably the most probably the uh, you know this is going to sound old-fashioned the most important step right because it does two things it it, it, it makes you serious about what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. It raises the seriousness of your commitment to another level. It also puts them on a level, okay, the next question that as a parent you'd ask is, okay, is there someone that you think is suitable that you found? Mm-hmm. And then you can respond to that. And then they say, okay, if you do come across somebody, let me know. We will also then make, you know, in our community, trying to find a suitable match. And this is where it becomes serious because now it's not just, you know, following oh that person looks nice oh, i hope the person of the book who's chased and i'll right. find a fact about it and actually you're, you're setting up the means to head towards a serious because marriage isn't like a it's a, there's so much rubbish on the internet nowadays people talking about high value men high value yeah. women and all the simping and all complete i mean my view complete rubbish uh, marriage is a partnership between two people who care about each other and you are a two halves of a whole. This is why Allah says that, you know, they are your garment for you and you're the garment for them. If you understand what a garment is, if you understand it, it beautifies you and it hides your imperfections. Imagine this now. This is what your partner is. Partner knows you intimately. Your clothes know you like no other person. And they beautify you and they hide your blemishes. They, they raise you in honor. And this is how you are with each other. And this is a lifetime commitment working towards the same goal. And you've got to understand that this is something that you really have to build. It's something that you really have to build from day one. And so you start with a pure intention. Okay, uh, you know what? I'm. I think I'm. I think I need to be married soon because I'm getting all these thoughts, and you know, and I need to really control things. So, first, okay, mum and dad. You know, I'm 22, 3, 4, 25. I, th- I think I should be married. Uh, can you? Could you find me a partner? They'll say, "Oh, well, have you found someone?" No, but I'm looking. And if you come across anybody. And then what happens is that things get serious and you head in the right direction. Otherwise, it is just that, you know, um, the, this is not very serious. And what you're trying to do is really just to plug a gap. And other people's lives are not something we should play with. Yeah, We pray for guidance for the non-Muslims. We should also pray for them to be guided so they have good relations with other people. Yeah. We should not be using, out, uh, uh, using, using other people's lack of knowledge about the rights that Islam gives a Muslim woman. Uh, to our advantage in marrying non, non-Muslims or, or reverts who don't know their rights and not giving them their rights. You know, there's lots of these types of things going on as well. So we have to really, really raise our level of what the husband-wife relationship is the most beautiful relationship you'll ever come across if you have the right intentions and you and you come for it. And, 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 I, and I, I think there's a non-Muslim sister who's put something in and I'm going to put it up because actually it's relevant. So when the truth, marriage is sacred. And, and this is literally... Just as you get punished for having uh, illicit intercourse is, is punishable and sinful, there is a reward for being with your partner in a physical way in a halal marriage. This is how blessed it is. It is So we really have to raise the level of our, uh, of our mm-hmm. thought process and actually be serious on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, yeah. brother. I just wanted to say that, brother. Bas, you, you can, uh, no, that's uh, very much beautiful, very important. In reality, brother, um, choose somebody that will make your path to Jannah easier mm. not yeah. somebody who will be a hindrance on that path and actually will p- potentially restrict you and especially when it comes to your children who are going to be vulnerable somebody that facilitates that path for jannah for paradise because that's our goal our goal is to attain paradise 
marriage is is part of our deen. Half of your iman, the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, وسلم, he said, half of your belief is marriage. Marriage is very important. And and the fact that if you pick somebody, choose somebody, inshallah, that will aid and help you along that path to Jannah, to paradise, then you've chosen very wisely. And remember, the Prophet said that you can choose to marry for three reasons, marrying a woman. He said it could be her beauty, it could be her wealth and her, uh, you know, her importance, her stature and what have you, or it could be her taqwa, her connection to Allah subhanahu wa taala, her closeness to Allah, and the best of these is taqwa. The best of these is taqwa. The best of these is the woman who's connected to Allah subhanahu wa taala, because if a woman or a man or a man cannot be uh, respectful of their relationship with their Creator. How do you expect them to be respectful with their relationship with you? If they don't fear Allah, how will they fear doing something wrong to you? And that applies to both men and women. So inshallah, may Allah make things easy for you. I I think we've perhaps labored on the point, but it's a very important point. Uh, And, you know, the consequences of getting it wrong are actually really, really um, can be dire. Right. From an Islamic point of view, from a psychological point of view, so may Allah make things easy for you, inshallah. Um, uh, brother Ijaz, do you want to add anything quickly before we get the next guest on? Yep, just quickly, the Green Hermit, make sure to follow up with us because your well being is part of our well being as well. Because I'm an elder in your community now, so as an uncle, I'm saying don't forget to email us, inshallah. Maybe okay? if Dawa need to do something that we can help, uh, brothers and sisters, maybe we can need to encourage parents to contact us in some way i don't know we maybe make an app or something i don't know to do something and try to connect families together and then they can follow the discussion maybe we need to do something i I would say that i think of at least one successful marriage that i personally know of which i think ef dawa had an impact upon so the brothers and sisters here at ef dawa are doing amazing work behind the scenes Jazakallah, everyone. Thank you so much for the uh, deep responses and for answering the question. And may Allah elevate all of you and help us all with all of our issues. If it was a lot of information, just clip this part of the video and just show it to your friends and just say, what do you guys think? Uh, and, then, and then see what they say, because sometimes... And if, you know, if they say those old uncles don't know what they're talking about, tell them, I'll find them, I'll come meet them. And I promise you, with just words alone, they'll concede to being wrong. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Just like a love, brothers. All right, my brother. Thanks so much. Brother Abbas, I think Brother Ali adopts Mentals. Someone is posting mentals. So Brother Ali is next, I think. Is that right? Brother Ali, can you yeah. just give me a quick wave, if that's okay? That's great, brother. Brother, you can leave your camera on or you can turn it off, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, brother Ali, welcome to the stream. Assalamu alaikum. How are you guys doing? Wa alaikum assalam, my brother. How are you doing? Where are you tuning in from? Um, I'm, I live in the States. I live in the um, capital area, Washington, D.C. area. Okay, mashallah. Lovely to have you. Actually, um, brother Abbas, I don't know if you quite remember me. I we've spoken before, and of course I know Ijaz from Clubhouse. I don't know if he still remembers me, but uh, we've spoken before about two years ago with the Christmas special. I told you um, my my story about my Dude, tattoos. I know this my, guy. 
I remember you, Marcelo, really solid brother, Marcelo. Yeah, I was the one, the diehard Arsenal fan. <laughs> We're talking about Arsenal and Chelsea, so. Oh, you've, so, just, upset, you've just upset Jazz now. He's going to. I know. I mean, I, I'm a good it's, it's, a good he's going to have heart palpitations if you mention that. Three nil today, Alhamdulillah. It's just to kind of you know kind of trigger his memory a little bit because I remember we had a lot like two different debates about that two years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, wow. mashallah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, first things first. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to see you guys again. I don't know if you guys would remember my um, so about around two weeks ago. There was a, it was on the open forum, I believe. There was this person named Noel, who Brother Imran spoke to. And he mentioned that, because um, I, I, I share a channel with, uh, with a brother of mine, Brother Fawad, called Dots Connected to Islam. Imran, um, there was this guy named Noel that mentioned Dots Connected to Islam, that we said something in regards to Isaiah 53. And I was listening <laughs> to that at that time. Unfortunately, I was at work. And I just wanted to let you know that he misrepresented us. Everything he said that we said, we did not say. We literally. Sorry, That's why we didn't entertain that. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted, just wanted to clear there on that one because I, for me personally, I don't necessarily like being misrepresented. So I just wanted to, you know, have a chance to clear the area. Yeah, I mean, and this is, but, the problem. this is the problem, brother, that people, you know, nowadays, they have to lie uh, often or, or embellish the truth in, in some way to try to sort of uh, uh, either straw man somebody's position or, or, or denigrate them in some way. But Jazakallah Khair for clarifying that. Did you, did you have a follow-up a question or, uh, for us as well? Uh, yeah, yes. Actually, I actually wanted your, each of your advice on some things, some, um, something if, if necessary. So I've been, for the past four or five years now, I've been, I've been in the Dawa scene. I first started with Clubhouse. Now I share a channel with, uh, with a brother of mine. So we give Dawa like one once we have, we have like a uh, live streams once every week or, uh, or something like that. So out in the open, speaking with you know strangers, I would say my even though my quote unquote my knowledge still needs to be improved, I find myself caught in a corner when it comes to people close to me, because there is this one friend of mine who I've been trying to give dawah with two for the past what four or five years now and unfortunately what i find myself i find myself being emotionally compromised because i actually happen to have you know have um there's a romantic element to when i give dawah when i at least when i'm around her and unfortunately she's a christian and not only is she a christian she's a uh, she's a I was like, people would like to say Bible thumping, very, very sheltered, that kind of sense. Hold on. Did I, I found, did, did I, did I miss here that you have an attraction to her? Yes. And that's why, that's why my issue would come because I find myself compromised in that kind of way because I typically like to speak with, you know, speak with Islam about, you know, the truth because I do have some knowledge with the Bible, the, um, you know, with, with uh, the Torah as well. However, when it comes to my, my conversations with her, I found myself compromised. So I just wanted to have um, speak to those who know more than I do about how to exactly approach that. Should I leave it alone? Should I try to um, try to seek her to speak to um, Muslima? Or because, because right now I'm her only source of Islam. If it wasn't, because she's so, 
sheltered within her particular church, the only person who's, who she even open to is me when it comes to Islam. But however, every time we get into a conversation, the conversation does not really go well. And I, I don't know, I do not know if it's my approach or if it's just her lack of interest. So I want to see if there's anything that I can do at least better myself to have a decent conversation with her and give proper doubt to her. MashaAllah, JazakAllah khair, brother, for your concern and everything. Uh, Dr. Imran, why did, because you're the wisest and the oldest out of all of us, so why don't you, actually, I'm older than doctor, but let's just pretend. Doctor, why don't you, inshallah, start, inshallah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I tend to be wiser than you, inshallah. Okay, um, Asalaamu Alaikum, brother. I, I was, I was JazakAllah for explaining, I know it's not easy to talk about these things. Um, I think the um, the thing that struck me is, this statement about uh, I am a, I am her only root or connection so to Islam or the Dawah. Why do you, why do you feel that? It's not necessarily it's not necessarily because I feel that way. It's the fact that she told me herself because she told me we met um like we met about five years ago and at that time when we talked I was like, absolutely. But the audio's gone on a bit funny. The audio's gone down. What's funny is that in his profile picture, he's got his headphones there. So maybe they're good for show, but not good for this show. Yeah, brother Ali, we just we can't hear you. We can't hear you, brother Ali. Brother Ali, we can't hear you. Can you hear us? I think maybe. uh, yeah, we just, just slightly can hear you, but there's there's a pro- issue with po- possibly with the, with the bandwidth or the or the mic itself, possibly. It just went really low. It but just now I can't hear him at all. Yeah, I can't hear him at all now. So how about you jump and you come back in? To the microphone, brother, and uh, yes. plug it in. At the Dawa Clinic, we also give technical. Advice as well. yeah. So, Brother Ali, what we'll do is we'll just take you off temporarily, inshallah. I'll, I'll get somebody else on if you're still struggling, and then we'll get you straight back on again. But just try once more if you can. Let's see if we can hear you. So, if I, do you think it's worth just resp- I think, Brother. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think if you respond, Doctor, and then uh, yeah, can respond, inshallah, and then Brother can always watch the video back if you can't hear. So, so I think that we, I think we have to be. I think I'm, the one good thing, Alhamdulillah, is that you are aware of this situation with yourself. And, I, and I'm really, really, uh, I get really the red flags go up when you start to think that I am the only one that can help this person. This is not. Uh, I mean, really, you have to wonder is Chetan putting this thought into my mind? Because you're sort of locking yourself into this situation where I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one that will help her to, you know, and. And what you and it might be that actually you think you're influencing her, and she maybe think that she's influencing you. And you're this is why these conversations go in become the way they are. And I don't know how you're interacting, but I would I would try to get. Um, uh, alhamdulillah, we can hear. You. Can you hear us? Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately not. I wasn't able to hear what, what you guys were saying. Okay, so I'll, I'll just. No, but I'll now, just, can you hear us now? Can you hear us now, brother. Testing one, two, three. Can you hear us? Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Please continue, Dr. 
So, so what I was saying was that I think when I when people when I hear this sort of idea that I'm the only one or I'm the her connection to Islam, I'm the only one that's going to be able to help. This is a red flag for me in the sense that we shouldn't be in this scenario. Uh, ultimately, Allah is the one who guides, and there are many ways and routes for guidance. And it might be that you're in the situation, and it's a compromised situation for me from the the fact that you're not able to keep your emotions out of this, and there is an attraction to this individual, and the conversations are always going bad. So either you know, if there are two people who are, I don't know how you're interacting. If there are two people who are alone, and the third one is Shaitan, you, you're aware of this. So either bring someone else mm-hmm. into the conversation. So if, if you can find a sister to interact, that would be ideal. Or at least two two people with you, like another person with you, so you and another brother who could interact in a way and help the person. But that should be the hope of it. And really, we go back to the first, we go back to the previous questions where there are many attractive, you'll come across many attractive people. And in you, when you're in the dawah and you are you become uh, more well known, many people will approach you as well. And this is what this is well known that because uh, they people see you on the screen and they have this imagination of what you are like as an individual on the screen, and this they don't know the reality of your life. They don't know that you know you you, you got a backache every day and you have to you know you you know your whatever the situation might be. They don't know about your weaknesses and your on off screen reality. But they make a persona of you, and many people approach because they have this idealized version of you. So the fact that you're in that situation where there is this attraction and these things going on, you need to. Ext- I think you need to step back a little bit, re reevaluate what am I doing here, make your intention, re reevaluate your intention. I'm sure it's pure inshallah, but we should always try to continually purify our intention, and then give uh, and then give uh, the dawah. Uh, to either with another individual or get someone else involved so that you're not falling into that trap. And we go back to the previous question about you know, really, if you're going to invest your emotions and your connection with anyone, invest your emotions in a connection with someone you already committed to in a long-term relationship with through marriage and nikah. Because otherwise that investment is a is a failed investment. If someone mm-hmm. said to you, I'm going to make you a million pounds, just give me a hundred grand, but don't ask me any questions, you'd laugh at them. You'd say, no, I want it on paper, I want signed, I want a contract, I don't want anything to, if anything goes wrong, I want my money back. When it comes mm-hmm. to these things, we, and we're willing, willingly investing our emotional, psychological energy in a relationship that, uh, whether we whether it's formalized or not, that is, is not going anywhere. Can, can so, I ask you a question? Forgive yes, me, please. Dr. Omar, are, are you finished? Yeah, yes, please go and carry on. Yeah, uh, said something in the comments and it triggered a question in my mind. Uh, Brother Ali, is mm-hmm. the person you're trying to speak with, are they Christian themselves? Yes. So I don't know if you I don't know if you guys were hearing what I was saying earlier, that the reason why I made the comment that I'm her only source to Islam is because that's what she told me. And okay. initially I I tried to fix that because right now I've actually um because you know when you don't know go to those who know or use the information to those who know. I've given, I've tried to give my best to give her proper um, video, she, video she can watch on YouTube, proper scholarly work from, you know, and like Islam, Islam awareness websites for her to get her information out there. And as a matter of fact, um, a year ago, I tried to actually give her, uh, there's a, there's a sister of mine. I tried to give her, I tried to, you know, put her in contact with a sister of mine. Unfortunately, that sister right afterwards, she fell through hard times so, and she was unable to do so because she was going through a lot of personal issues. So, and but right now, what I'm trying not to do 
I'm trying not to think negatively because on one hand, I'm trying to tell myself, well, for me, I'm someone who's deeply, I'm someone who's deeply in, like interested in religion. I've, I have a background with Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, and Buddhism as well. I like learning those religions. And it's that interest that's there because I seek an interest to learn the truth. Because for me, Alhamdulillah, I was, I was, I was raised in a Muslim family, but I'm not Muslim because of my family. I had to have my journey elsewhere. So I, I got that. I, I, I see that. I, I'm kind of. Con- I'm trying to contemplate if she's actually interested, if she's at least sincere enough to actually look for the information, or is she just is she just saying it? So that's what I'm trying not to think of. Okay, so I'm coming into this relationship without knowing the both of you on a level that would greatly benefit you, the both of you. But I do have to ask, is there the possibility that she as a Christian may at the same time be trying to pique your interest in Christianity? Has that been a, a topic that you guys have spoken about? Yes. As a matter of fact, it is because she's asked me why I'm actually open those i'm i like having those discussions i ask hey i know there's a reason why i'm not a christian there's a reason why i chose islam ask me what that reason is she actually did ask me and i told her those reasons and she she's because for me i like to be sincere as well so she told me if she could show me how christianity is the truth am i open to joining the truth i said yes but unfortunately i know why i don't believe in christianity and i asked her the same thing unfortunately she gave me a different answer she said well she's open to the truth, but then I'll ask her, why don't you think Islam is the truth? And then she'll say X, Y, and Z. And I told her, well, that's not Islam. That's the wrong information about Islam. So why don't you, it's just the fact that I don't see her as interested as I am, if that's the case. So that's why I'm only interested in, in working on the things that I can control. Okay. So let me ask you then, come down to mm-hmm. the end of it. Your interest in her primarily is for her to become a Muslim and the relationship secondary to that, correct? That yes, I'll, I'll, yes, I'll have to say personally for me, even if, you know, because I do have the intentions of actually seeking a, a possible relationship with her in the future. But for me, it's Islam first. I would rather right. not actually, I would rather have her be Muslim and have me possibly never see her again than it's it's the Islam first as always. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first. But do you think on her side that for her it's, you first or her Christianity first? That I wouldn't I would not necessarily know the answer to. I would I would say give her the benefit of that and say Christianity first. So I'll give her the benefit of that to say that. I'm just be mindful because I've had experiences with brothers coming to me saying that they became friendly with Christian women. And the Christian woman, you know, were very respectful, kind, and they were willing to speak about Islam on the condition that, hey, you join me at church once in a while, or you come to my prayer meeting once in a while. And they used that potential relationship to bring people into the church and, and to be baptized there. So I, this may not be applicable to you, but there are some people who think like this, and I don't want you to end up in a scenario where you've mm-hmm. invested so much only for it to be a ploy. This, the person does not sound disingenuous to me. Mm-hmm. We're just guard up because at the end of the day, brother, we got you and we don't want you to fall into a situation where you know harm comes to you. Yes? So be mindful. You know, mindful. Brother Ijaz, I actually have you to thank because I, I first started, Alhamdulillah, I started watching you brothers 
from EF Dallas since I, a long time ago, almost 10 years now. And at, at first, I'm listening to Brother Boz, Brother Imran, I'm listening to you guys. But when I remember watching you, it just, the first time I saw you, you were speaking to a preacher, and then you were talking about manuscripts, and this was a while ago. That actually got me interested in learning about Christian history, the manuscript, the church fathers. That's why, even though my, my knowledge is nowhere near yours, <laughs> that's where um, I would say I, my background knowledge came from. Even when it comes to you, Brother Abbas, as far as you know, debunking Islam. So I actually have you brothers to thank as far as my debunking. interest in actually getting that Abbas so. debunks Islam. We need to have a conversation. So, sorry, my debunking, debunking Christian claims about Islam, you know. De no, sorry, de debunking Islamophobic stereotypes. People are going to be doing tekfir on me. They're going to make videos on me. Sorry about that. Benefited him in some way. I mean, uh, any last words, brother Abbas? No, I think, Mashallah, you brothers have really covered it uh, beautifully. And brother Ali, may I make things easy for you? Can I just say one thing before we go? Yeah, I'm yeah, going to be very careful with you, brother Ali. Please. Um, we can tie ourselves in knots in self-delusion. Okay, uh, and we we can. So I've been in situations where I've gone to work in a place where I'm, you know, in charge, etc., wherever that might be. And there's been a particular individual who has, you know, wherever, however they're interacting with me, I know that this is something that is going to be a problem. And I've extracted my, for myself from that line of work and said, you know, I can't work. I've moved myself out of that scenario. Now, you're, you seem to be in a situation where you know that there's a compromise here. You know this is affecting you emotionally, psychologically, and your objectivity is not something you can bring to bear on this. So really you have to play, you have to be thinking, you know, you can't become the ladder to someone else to get to Jannah if you're going to fall into the hellfire. Mm. You can't be the ladder for someone to get into Jannah if you're going to fall into the hellfire. So you you have to ensure that first. Now what that means is, yes, the first person you brought to, who, to interact with the sister, they couldn't continue, find another person to do that and step out of this. Do you understand? There's a bigger picture here. And the bigger picture mm -hmm. is you need to give dawah to as many people as you can. Whenever you meet, so even if you meet someone who, whenever you meet someone who just makes you angry, it might be a person, a, a guy or a, a person that you meet, but actually every time you meet them, they trigger you in some way and you always end up screaming and shouting. I, what you need to do is extract yourself from that situation because you know, for whatever reason, I am not the person to interact with this person. And ultimately the guidance is from Allah and you would try to find someone else that would interact with them. And if this is happening and, and the emotion is different, it's an attraction, whatever that might be. And even, even I don't mean worse, but even on top of that, your thoughts are of a future relationship. This is clouding your judgment, hugely clouding your judgment. And I would say that you really have to reflect upon this. Uh, it's not an easy situation to be in. And I think that maybe find others that can interact with her uh, specifically and, you know, so that actually it's fruitful for her as well, because every time the interaction, if it's about Islam with you, it becomes a um, an argument or it becomes heated or it, the, the, it's just reinforcing a negative image of either Islam or Muslims to her, because that's what that's what what's the outcome of that would be. And we, we human beings, we can really, really justify almost anything if we sit down and think about it. And I think that a lot of that's probably happening where you're trying to rationalize an ongoing sort of interactions and relationship with somebody who is, isn't where it isn't going anywhere. And I think that I don't want to judge at all because it's not my position, but I'm going to say that if I, if I was in a similar position, I would extract myself from that 
uh, and find someone who could put them put themselves in that situation because I think it would be safer for me and probably better for that individual to have that interaction. If at later some later point, Allah guides her and you know you're in a situation where you think actually and then you you learn about this, if it's meant to be, then you will be together. But I that wouldn't I wouldn't be that I'm going to give dawah to this person so that I can marry them, but every, everything's going horrible and you're justifying. I think that's. I, you know, I'd be careful about that scenario, brother. Uh, I hope I hope that was useful. I don't mean to judge at all. Uh, I'll make it easy, inshallah. No, and I think, brother, you know, just very, very, very quickly, um, because the brothers have covered everything, really. I don't want to labor the point. Uh, but, you know, we, we have to understand that Allah has wired us in a certain way, men and women. And whenever there is another dimension to a discussion, which is where emotional... There's some sort of an emotional attachment, emotional connection there. Uh, then the reason and the logic can sometimes take a back seat, and the emotions can take over. Um, I'm just sort of, I suppose, saying it in a different way, but the same of what the brothers have already said. Uh, we do have to be careful. This is precisely why teachers, uh, psychologists, you know, anybody, you know, even people who give dawa, um, you know, we're we're to, we're told by the sheikhs that you know um make sure that you keep it as a, a, a at a distance things are done in public there's no private giving dawah there's nothing like this because shaitan is always there and as soon as that emotion or that mm -hmm. potential attraction or something comes in then the reason the logic the sense uh, all of that tends to diminish and and the lobes of the brain that are more emotional based and uh, you know uh, they kick in and and then trouble can and potentially rise. But may Allah make things easy for you, my brother, and Jazakallah uh, khair for your kind Amen. words and just remember in your dua. And may Allah make you successful, mashallah, and keep you successful and uh, and sincere and accept everything that you're doing, my brother. Bless your work, inshallah. May Allah increase you, brother. Amen. 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 Assalamu alaikum. Sorry, Ijaz. Um, we, 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 I'm going to say something about myself, but uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Brother Ali. May Allah be with you. Brother Ali. Barakallah. Um, yes, guys. Yes. So, uh, the both of you would know my recent health struggles, and uh, it's not been easy. As such, uh, I've been out of work in the time that I've been ill. Um, um, we're not really seeing a reduction in my symptoms at this point. For, for those who are unaware, I took a bit of a fall and then a hit. So I've torn one of the tendons in the hand at this point. I may have damage to the tendons near the knee, if I'm not mistaken. And I have, through some freak accident, managed to bruise another left part of my leg. To the point it's bruised black and blue and swollen. So at this point, I'm not able to work because I'm not able to use my entire left hand. I'm not able to walk because I'm not able to use my right knee, sorry, my left knee. And I'm not able to stand because I'm not able to use any uh, the, the, the tools beneath the ankle. So it's not been great. So I do actually have a request. I know that I have the permission of the brothers here. It's been posted in the chat by Brother Muki. If you can just help me get by, because tomorrow... Um, when I visit the pain clinic, it, it, it costs me something like $35 each way to travel to get to the pain clinic. And on top of that, I've got to pay for the, uh, the medication from the prescription, which is around this particular only pain medication. Um, it's 
uh, uh, narcotic analgesics and one NSAID, um, this adds up very quickly. And the last bill was $206 for just one week of medication. So I really, really need your financial support because it's out of my means to, ab to be able to afford the care that I need. And I would not ask if it were not something uh, really like upon us at the moment. So please, uh, Brother Abbas, Dr. Imran, yeah. if you guys want to question me on air about this. Well, I don't need to because I've seen you in, 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 in first hand uh, when we were in Qatar. And uh, I saw the medication and I was actually a bit shocked. It was uh, the level uh, and the amount. Uh, it was actually shocking. So, uh, so Alhamdulillah, as far as verification is concerned, uh, I think you can take it from me, take it from Doctor, who is obviously involved with the advice on dealing with um, some of the conditions that Ijaz is going through. Um, and I make it easy for him. And the, 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 you know, there's a certain amount that I think in in Canada you qualify for, but beyond that, you have to pay. And uh, I know I'll, I'll I'll give an example tomorrow. When I go, um, the session with the doctor is completely free. I'm going to get 15 to 20 shots of injections by Puvacaine and, and Lidocaine uh, at different parts in my body. And but when I leave the office, the prescriptions aren't free. So the prescription at this point, the pain medication, we've changed it up. It's $200 per week for one, for three medications. Yeah. And it's above that if it's a fourth medication. So, you know, subhanAllah, that's what some people make. Inshallah, you know, one of the things I, I was going to suggest is that maybe we can do, we can and present that as well, is that the, the pain um, clinic that you go to, you know, you have a regular yes. amount, obviously, of, of medication and what have you. Uh, inshallah, we have no issue with even sending that money directly to the pain clinic if there's a way exactly. of doing that. Yeah, if there's a way, yeah, I'll just put up a message by yeah. Brother Mukit, like he'll show you. And by the way, it's very suspicious that Dr. Imran has been silent. But uh, uh, the medical I'm just, um, uh, actually, I was I, I put the message up from Brother Mukit, okay. and I just wanted to mention it actually. Um, actually, Ijaz often, uh, Brother Ijaz Malagi Vishifar, inshallah, always whenever he mentions, and he doesn't really mention. It may seem like this is being mentioned a lot, but actually, Brother Jaws mentions maybe ten percent of the total yeah. difficulties, yeah, probably less than if that. If yeah. that. Um, but whatever Brother Jaws has ever spoken to, to us about, even privately, uh, he will send images, pictures of his receipts of his yeah. of what's happening, and yeah, even we after, don't, ask, we we don't need to do this with right. us because we yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but he feels that he um, this is something that for openness and transparency. So we know Brother Jaws for, for many many years. Yeah. And uh, you know whatever help anyone can give, and everyone it doesn't mean you 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 do, you go out of your means, but whatever is reasonable for yeah. you, because as a group, a big impact can be made. Inshallah. Um, inshallah. What inshallah. Would be inshallah. If you could incorporate, if you could incorporate a way of maybe, you know, we can send something, even if it's small, regularly to the pain clinic on your behalf yeah. in terms of your account there. So then, when you when it time when it's time for you to go and get the medication. You, you know, you have maybe six weeks, eight weeks of funds there. So inshallah, maybe we yes, can share that information. I ask them. I do have a good relationship with them. Um, okay. I'm the pain physician there. Um, mashallah, a beautiful Muslim brother. And uh, yes, we can facilitate something. Inshallah, like that would be fantastic, I think. That would be really so good. Some, 
some people in the chat are asking for a PayPal. I do have a PayPal. I'll, uh, I'll send it to Brother Mookies and you'll post it in the chat, inshallah. But just keep this in mind. Anyone who wants to contact me for bills, you should know I, I usually post the bills on uh, Twitter quite often uh, because that's not where most people tend to help out from. It's just that at this point, I've been so sick uh, since my last fall that I've not been able to catch up in a lot of things. I think this might be the first stream in a while that we've spent this long with each other, brothers. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's yeah, how I, was been. I was surprised that you even came on, Subhanallah. But yeah. well, I will, I you know, I'm willing to say something out loud and hopefully no one looks down upon me on it. But today was a very difficult day for me. Not just pain wise, but um, undergoing psychotherapy soon, inshallah which is at a significant cost. And I had my psychiatric evaluation done today, the two full hour evaluation. And at the end of it, they had to let me know, can this process work for you or will it not work for you? Alhamdulillah, I was given a path forward. They had to do it again because they changed uh, the therapist that they work with. But you know, Alhamdulillah, I got good news. Yes, you can proceed with the psychotherapy. The bad news, it's going to cost a lot. So anyway, yes, what we do on our community page, maybe we can put the the connect that the the direct payments people can make to the clinic and what have you, and inshallah, dollar from that we can inshallah have something. Clinic accepts it because, as it turns out, tomorrow I do have an appointment with them, and I do know the reception is quite well as well. So inshallah, when I go tomorrow, good timing. Inshallah, I can have them as well. inshallah, yes. Inshallah. Just and I, I just, uh, Sorry, go on. did you want to add anything? Uh, when Brother Ijaz came to mind, London, I was somewhat surprised observing his struggles and regular medications. Despite this, his passion for the Darwin never stops. I, the brothers will know this, but when we went to the World Cup, did we go to watch matches? No, it was for the Darwin. I went on my flight into London the first time, and second outside, we stopped for Darwin on both occasions. People may not realize this. Right? Yeah. Our dedication is not the D and EF Dawa isn't like something, you know, isn't just a random slogan that we have in our name. I bet you if, if Chelsea were playing we, there, you would have then definitely watched the game then. So, you know, it's a 3 day. What are you talking no, about? No, I'm saying, I'm saying when we went to the World Cup, obviously I didn't watch a single game either because we weren't there for that. But I'm saying if, yeah. if Chelsea had been playing in the World Cup, you, you would have been watching every game, wouldn't you, Jazz? That, that, not, yeah, that, this, that would have probably this, changed things. No, but this yeah. is, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, uh, Brother Abbas, let me ask you a question. Like, if Liverpool were playing, would you have attended? We know we know how the World Cup work, people. We know that teams don't play like this, club teams. But if they would, wouldn't you have gone to watch it, Dr. Uh, Brother Abbas? I don't support any team. I'm not a football fan. No, no, you told me you supported Liverpool. No, the, that's uh, Dr. Didn't he? didn't he tell us? I, I think he does uh, secretly, but this is a throwback to youth. I think when uh, anyway, uh, youth. He, when Rush was uh, scoring goals, uh, I think Rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you won't yeah, know. I don't you, even you, know who that. You, you won't even know who that is. So this well, we've got a, lot of, a lot of people waiting. We're going to inshallah set that up on Let's our community on page. Oh, we're going to yeah. set that up on our community page, and so we're going to be able to inshallah do it regularly. And for the peace of mind of brothers and sisters, we can pay directly into the clinics. And that way, inshallah, they'll have a buffer 
And so he, he just can regularly get his uh, medication and what have you, inshallah. Ta'ala. I'm going to get Brother Oliver on uh, next uh, and then uh, we'll try to get through all of you, inshallah, quickly. We'll try not to take too much time now. Uh, Brother Oliver, welcome to the stream. Hello. Uh, hi, brother. How are you doing? Have you got that loft insulation done yet? <laughs> It'll take some time. Okay. You, you'll sound a bit like my wife if you carry on. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you're probably getting an earful from that. Yeah, definitely from from there as well. I'm is sure. she watching the stream? If she is, just turn it off, okay? Close the app. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm sorry to hear about your health troubles, um, Ijaz. I hope you I hope you recover soon. Uh, unfortunately, it's a several chronic illnesses for which I will never recover until the day of death. So, well, know, I hope you find some um, comfort. Some, some comfort, comfort, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. do when I speak to my Muslim brothers and sisters like you. I, I'm not a Muslim, actually. I know this is a forum for Muslims. But I, I did have a question that I thought maybe your Dawah team may come across as well. Okay, um, sure, it, was, it, was, it was one about sex in Islam. S-E-C-T-S. Sex. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sex. Um, yeah. Okay. The Sunni Shia. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine I it's the same, yeah. the same in and out of Islam. So. I was going to refer you straight back to Ijaz again, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. What, 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 was a, what was the question, question. as to why they exist or what's the... No, what? I, I think I understand the, the, the difference between the Sunni and the Shia. What the sect that interests me in terms of its practice is me particularly is um su the sufis and mm. i was wondering if you if you saw each other as heretical or if there was um one that was seen as more orthodox i don't I'd, you know that that kind of thing really if you, if you had any ideas on that topic mm. um brother ijaz why don't you start inshallah with this one okay so uh all of what, the, the way we look at it is is that there's a main group of believers and this main group of believers are known as ahlus sunnah wal jama'ah meaning the main body of the muslims so within this main body of the muslims there are, it doesn't matter where you are in this main body as long as you believe in the correct things um, you, and you do the right things, you should be saved. Outside of this correct body, you have groups, and I can mention one of them, the Qadianis, they're not accepted. But within Sunni Islam, which is where we get Ahlul Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah, Ahlul Sunnah, Wal Jama'ah, the Sunni people in this large group, they can have differences on the things in which we are allowed to have differences. So as an example, some beliefs in Islam are definitive, meaning that no one can have a different opinion about it. And other beliefs in Islam, the speculator, right, uh, in terms of debating between which opinion is better or which hadith tradition is more superior to another, etc. So anybody in that main group who holds to legitimate differences and believes in what the what the group believes in, God willing, we consider them to be among the same group, right? So they will generally be saved. I think your question there was more about the Sufis, right? In particular, for me, yes, but I'm, I, yes. I, yeah, yeah. So Sufis. So what we say is that there's a people um, who who practiced something known as the Sawaf, and uh, this, this just means a form of spirituality. Another Arabic term for it is Zun. 
And so what does this mean? It means that they typically do things which in the Islamic Sharia, our body of law, as it pertains to worship and zikr, the remembrance of Allah, give us different ways of doing these extra acts of worship, but they are more dedicated on them. As an example, after the prayer, most people, they can get up after the prayer and go home, or you can sit down and you can recite remembrance from Allah, right? So, for example, glory be to Allah, all praises due to Allah, etc. But when we speak of the Sawaf, they form themselves into groups, so they are Sunnis, the majority of them, but what they have now is a leader among them who gives them spiritual advice in lines with the prophetic fiqh and the prophetic aqidah. So the prophetic way of, of uh, practicing our Islam and the proper prophetic beliefs that we ha- should have towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's very rarely that these groups edge closer to the outside of this group and we can give some examples. So there are some groups who believe and unfortunately, they might believe that their leader to their community or to their sect he is all seen because Allah has removed the veil from him, right? Which categorically falls, right? The, uh, the unseen to Allah, he does not reveal this to every single one of us. Doesn't work that way. Or some of them might say, my sheikh, he has the power to hear how many times I coughed in the house today. Again, they're, they're bordering on the line of ridiculousness. So when we pull it back, most Sunni groups that practice the Sawaf don't do these things. They stay within the mainline traditions of the teachings. And this would simply be to do more zikr, to pray more often, and to do more acts of service to the Muslim community with the hope that Allah accepts it from them. That's a long, long answer. Does that help you in some way? Have I confused Absolutely, you? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, definitely. So so from my understanding from what you said is that there's an orthodox, a core orthodox belief amongst Muslim, Muslims, a tenement yes. of faith that you all share and yes. that there are certain practices that are around an area in which there is legitimate discussion to be had. Yes. And then there are certain practices outside that which are yes. uh, beyond the pale. Yes. And the, inter- the interesting thing there, Oliver, is that even people from your Some own sect, well. People from your own sect, uh, your own brother or your own father or your son or daughter, despite being in your own sect, if they suddenly adopt certain heretical beliefs, it can effectively push them outside of the fold of Islam. And this is why the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, warned us to be aware of innovations, which is called bidah. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, said that this, whether this, it's the small or the large, they're in the hellfire. When you innovate your, in your religion, it's in the hellfire. Because basically what innovation does is precisely what we see what's happened to other religions. Where they bring in small innovation, small changes, then suddenly what was originally a, uh, a, pa- a pagan celebration now becomes a mainstream Christian celebration. What becomes a pagan practice becomes almost a mainstream Christian practice. And of course, I'm not trying to score points here. It's not just Christianity. People do it in Islam as well. 
They bring things in that were never Islamic, you see. So, so innovation is a is a huge problem um, in 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 religion, and this is why the the sermon on a Friday, generally one of the traditional sermons that's given, this phrase is often used in that, uh, which is that all bidder, whether it's small, whether it's a small innovation or a large innovation, it's in the hellfire. In other words, do not innovate. But there's a little bit of leeway when it comes to certain things because there are compulsory acts and there are voluntary acts. And the voluntary acts can be exceeded or reduced depending upon, uh, you know, how you wish to do things. Um, but even people within your own, as I said, sect or family even, e even yourself. I mean, you can say, oh, I'm a Sunni Muslim. But if suddenly you start adopting teachings that are outside of the fold of Islam, where like some of the things that Ijaz explained, for example, then that could potentially put you outside of the fold of Islam. So we are very, very, um, uh, very much focused on not allowing innovation to creep in. Um, but as, as Ijaz said, that there is there are aspects which are flexible as well. The other thing that we shouldn't do as Muslims is that just because somebody says I'm Sufi, that automatically you start assuming the most extreme position of Sufism and then almost condemn them, which is called being tak doing takfir. You know, you sort of you sort of uh, excommunicate them. You sort of say that they're they're not they're not Muslim because the prophet peace be upon him warned us. And he said, indeed, the one who calls another a kafir, a disbeliever. One of them is indeed a kafir. Mm hmm. In other words, if your accusation is false, then you've just fallen into disbelief yourself. It's very serious. Don't start calling people uh, kafir. We generally, when it comes to these things, we're encouraged by the scholars that where there's scholarly debate discussion, it should be left to the scholars. Individuals like myself, I really, I don't even get into these discussions. Some things obviously are plain. So people who say, I don't believe in the last prophet, peace be upon him, prophet Muhammad, we all know that this is kufr, this is disbelief. Well, I, don't believe I, I imagine the, the first core uh, right. orthodox belief is the shahada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, or or I, don't, or I don't accept this verse in the Quran, for example. Somebody might say that. That's kufr in Islam. Would that be, the, would that be a, a Quranist? No, somebody says I don't. I don't accept this verse in the Quran. I see. I see. I see. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so see. because we say, and Allah says in the Quran that this is indeed a me a message, a powerful message, a a revelation from the Mighty, the High. So now to deny something means that you're that's kufr that you've just denied Allah's words, basically. You see. So we have to be very careful like this, and and especially when it comes to protecting one's iman, one's belief, one should be very careful what one utters, what one says, and how, and not to just judge, blanket judge people. It's a very, very serious tenet in Islam, something that, you know, myself and, and all our brothers and sisters, we need to perhaps reflect on a little bit more. But Dr. Imran, if you want to add anything, or, or Oliver, if you want to come back with anything, of course. No, that's very enlightening. Thank you. Just to sort of, I want to just step back a bit and give you sort of a little bit of a perspective. So the difference with the Sunni Shia split is is literally ninety ninety five to five percent ten percent. So the vast majority of Muslims in the world, over ninety percent of them, are Sunni. Within within the Sunni 
majority, which is what the brother Ajaz was talking about. There are different groups who, and the West way to phrase it is they focus on a specific aspect of the religion a bit more than the others do. So for the Sufis, it's very much more spiritual. and other groups, it may be they're focusing on this particular way of doing a certain type of good act. Ideally, what we want to do as Muslims is to take the middle path, be balanced and try to incorporate all of the different aspects. So we're not completely you know, aesthetic and we're sort of completely away from the world. Uh, but we're not completely in the world and we're away from the spiritual aspects. We're not very rigid with the rules uh, and missing out on the uh, you know, great spiritual enlightenment that we can get from being inward looking and meditative. And also we're not too meditative and inward looking so that we miss out on the, the, the wonders of the world. And we have the world has a right on us as well as the spirituality. So we're required to live a middle path which is why you don't have monotonism, for example, in Islam. You don't have um, going away for long periods of time and isolating yourself away from society because society has rights over you. Um, so it's really about this middle path. And most of the people who do form these different, slightly different, they're, they're labelled in different groups. 90 95% of everything overlaps, but they tend to focus on one aspect of the religion slightly more. And so that distinguishes them. That becomes a distinguishing aspect of these people. And so they're given a label. Um, so that's so ultimately uh, those are the two major differences. But what we would what would we require ourselves to do is uh, actually so often I when when I when I because obviously my journey is a little bit it's common for the Western Muslim in that you become secularized you mm -hmm. go away from religion because you you become very science focused and then later as you learn more you tend to come back and that was my type of journey. Initially, I was very, very rigid. Everything was black and white, right, wrong, you know. And I, and I, it took me knowledge and learning and finding more about the religion to learn the nuances and actually to tamper myself and try to bring myself to a more central view. Actually, that, that actually there are more grey areas than there are black and white areas. And there's a lot more mercy in the religion than I, you know. Initially, we're very, I was very worried about doing things in the right way and not making mistakes, and so everything became black and white. And the reality is there's lots of nuances that you learn as you go along. So the, so the idea is, and the, but the, the fundamental focus of, uh, of, the, of the Sunni group, I would say, I, I'm not going to talk about this year, is the focus on monotheism, very preserving monotheism in every aspect, aspect of belief and aspects of actions and worship. So everything that we do, we're cognizant, mindful of walking in the path that God has wanted us to walk in. And, and brother, uh, there's a brother who's put up a verse in the Quran that says we have appointed you as a middle nation that you may be witnesses over other people. And it's really about we, because there are many verses in the Quran, for example, don't let the hatred of a people make you become unjust. So e so even in the scenario where you would you know, have, your, have say, a vehemence towards somebody, we have to temper ourselves so that we don't cross the bounds. We have to be, make sure that we're in the middle. And that requires a lot of introspection, a lot of awareness of yourself and the people around you so that you behave in a in that middle pathway. We are the nation of the middle path. Um, and and these groups who get labeled tend to just be focusing on one aspect more than the other aspects. So that was just a sort of bit more of a step back overview of the, of the whole scenario. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there are Sufis and there are these. But, but actually, it's just because they're focusing more on one aspect. What you don't want to do is focus so much that you become extreme in that aspect, and this is where you get into trouble. And would so, you say it was was the narcissism of small differences? You know, we look uh, at yeah. this, actually all these. You know, all yeah. of Islam is, is actually quite cohesive. Uh, completely, and you've hit you. That's a really, really good description, because what what happens is if you're mostly the same, but there's a subtle difference. You what mm -hmm. you get known by is the difference. Mm -hmm. 
And what happens actually is you you tend to overlook the actually we're almost identical. You know, there's nothing, no difference between us. And that's, uh, you know, you've put it wonderfully there. So, yes, I agree with you. Hopefully that was, a you know, again, another long answer, but yeah. I was just trying to give you sort of a step back no, overview. Oh, no, I appreciate it. All wisdom. Thank you very much, Doctor. No, also, Oliver, you know, one last thing. Um, It's interesting because that verse is in Chapter 2, and it's verse 143. And that chapter has 286 verses. Oh, it's, is it beautifully in the middle? <laughs> and it's the the word middle is only used once in that chapter and it's in the middle ayah 143 now considering the fact that the quran was revealed as a circumstantial revelation mm-hmm. that surah baqarah 286 verses was revealed over 10 or 12 years the verses were not revealed in order and simultaneously other verses and other chapters were being revealed as well and these are some of the things that we find in the quran where we find these things and we think, you know, how, how does that happen? You know, uh, Allah uses the word middle and na- middle nation. And yet it's the 143rd verse, a chapter over 10 years while verses mm-hmm. are being revealed. And remember, no chapter numbers and no verse numbers. They came after, they came much later. So these are some of the other extraordinary things. The other thing is that the prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was told by a companion that, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not, I'm not going to get married and I'm going to, I'm not going to sleep and I'm going to pray all night and I'm going to fast every day. And I'm and the prophet peace be upon him said, I'm the prophet of Allah. I rest part of the night and I pray part of the night. I marry and um, I fast one day and I don't fast an, another day. In other words, I'm, he's not perpetually fasting. And, and that is the best. In other words, don't take your, and the prophet said, peace be upon him, do not take your religion to extremes. We Islam is a way of life. You have you're married, your wife has rights over you that you spend time with her. Your your children have have rights over you that you spend time with them. That's only after you've got the insulation done, Oliver. You can't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, they're lucky they've got it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but Oliver, um, you know, um I can see that you know you're, you're learning more and what have you and uh if inshallah ta'ala, if by the will of Allah, you know, you 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 do decide that actually maybe, you know, I'll actually dip my toe a little bit deeper and take the shahada, accept Islam, then uh, uh, allow us the honor, inshallah, of coming on to our channel and doing it here. <laughs> it would only be right if I did. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, thank you for all of your answers. Lovely talk. Speak to you soon. Oh, and also thank you for the, for the answers from your, your uh, partner from uh, the emails as well. Very helpful. Thank you. Excellent. Welcome. All the best. Oh, and, and a note to your to your last caller, I suppose. Yeah. Is um trust in the teachings. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. You're, 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 you're inviting someone to your religion. Trust in your own teachings that they yeah. will give you the yeah. right way. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I would agree. Thank you, Oliver. Thank, Thank you. you soon. So we'll have to have you on the panel soon, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next step. Thank you. Bye. All right, Take care. Bye. All right, lovely. Brother Muhammad, we're going to get you on next, inshallah. Just give me a quick thumbs up if that's okay. That's lovely. That um, was just an exception to the rule. We just, uh, because we know Brother Oliver was exploring yes, Islam yes, and reporting yes. on. Um, so apologies for anyone waiting, inshallah. Yeah. And also, to be fair, Oliver's question was quite pertinent in terms of dawah anyway, if you think about it, because uh, people do ask this sort of thing in dawah. So I think, inshallah, ta'ala, hopefully it would be uh, good information for, for all of us to learn from as well. Uh, Brother Muhammad, we're going to get you on. You can leave the camera on or turn it off, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, Brother Muhammad, welcome to the stream. 
Um, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam, brother. Don't be so shy. Speak up, brother. Come on. I want a bit of passion. Thank you. Um, my question was relating to music. And if it's haram or halal, I've like, I used to like, I wasn't really religious. And then I got religious. I was an extremist. I thought it was haram. And then I talked to sheikhs who studied in Medina. I talked to imams. And then I thought it's a halal. And then I uh, watched the video from Sheikh Uthman Affan on YouTube. And now I'm gray on it. I'm not sure if it's halal or haram. Can you uh, enlighten me? Brother, uh, this is a, a fatwa type question. However, the general, general consensus of scholars is that music is haram. Instruments are haram. This is a general rule, general consensus. There's a, one or two instruments that might be allowed where they say the drum or whatever. My my advice, my advice to brothers and sisters is <clears throat> even if you're confused, even if you don't know, even if you're not sure, you know, for the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when there's so much consensus, so much strong opinion about it, leave it. Wallahi, leave it. What what do we you know out of our day are we so desperate? We can't listen to a lecture, we can't listen to a debate or a discussion or read or learn something. Uh, you know, I, just leave it. And you know the problem, this is the biggest problem, brother, with this conversation that some of the brothers and sisters have. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Where does it start and where does it end? You know, what type of music, what type of drum, what type of... Where does it start? Where does it end? And wallahi, for most people, it ends in a place where it's unquestionably haram there's no difference of opinion on that at all because it's lewd and it's crude and it's uh, it's 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 foul words and it's 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 um uh, pornographic almost bordering on pornogra pornographic type of material within the song that's where it leads to subhanallah right so my advice is look the general consensus is haram leave it and this, the minor opinions that you have where people say, well, this type of music or that type of music. I don't know any scholar who says all music and all types of music is halal. I don't know anybody. And the ones that, the minority that have some opinion about certain types of music. But where does it lead to? Where do we end up? For the love of Allah, leave it. Because these things are not important. Life is very short. And we're worried about the pleasures of... Yes, it's an addiction. And if you are addicted to music and you're listening to music and you find it difficult, don't make it halal. Just keep doing tawbah and keep trying to listen to less and then trying to listen to less and then hopefully eradicate it with other things that you listen to. But don't be eager to make it halal. So suddenly now, you know, all the CDs can come out or I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about my age here. All the download, uh, download streaming can all start all over again. J just leave it. I would. This is my advice according to what the scholarly advice generally is. This is not a fatwa, but I would say, leave it. but uh, doctor, you've put something on the screen here, haven't you? I just wanted to say that this is a discussion that was had by uh, Brother Muhammad Ali with uh, Brother Hamza. It's a very interesting yeah. discussion. So if you have yeah. a if you have a listen to that video, it's, it's not very long. It's only about 10, 15 minutes, and, and it will go through a lot of the things. Uh, where Brother Abbas has really just, you know, given the reasonable position. So uh, I hope that's useful for you, Brother, inshallah. Thank you.
Welcome, brother. Oh, before he left uh, Okay, no problem, no, I'll get him back on. Brother Muhammad Sinzai. Just like uh, 30 seconds here, Brother Muhammad. Yeah. Uh, if, if I may ask, and you don't have to answer this question, but when do you find yourself listening to music? Or where do you feel as if you have a need to listen to music? I don't know, I actually, like, I've stopped listening, but sometimes, like, when I want to work out, I just listen to it. Okay, so, okay. So follow what I'm saying here. You're using it for a specific need, right? Maybe it's to motivate you during the workout or it's just to pass time. What is it more likely for? Is it to pass the time or to motivate you? To motivate. To motivate you. Here's the thing. Music itself is not the motivator. It's rather the lens that you apply to it. Because music and the way that you respond to it, it's very, what's the word here? It's very personal. It's very subjective. And so I would be willing to wager that there are other things that can motivate you other than just music. And if I give an example, uh, there are some types of halal music, like acapella. I'm not saying that that's very motivational. Me being a former gym bro myself. But... Mashallah. Stay off steroids. Stay off yeah, all those steroids. Just going to let you know straight up. You're getting you don't too big. It's not good. Yeah, you don't need music as the motivator when you're at the gym to be motivated. This might sound ridiculous, but have you tried audiobooks? No. No. So for me, when I'm at, when I when I was at the gym, to me the back the noise I'm hearing is just to me to for me to create a personal space while I'm in a public place. That's it. To put me in a bubble of comfort. That's all it is. I would say to you, brother, you can go to the gym, exercise as much as you want, but you don't need music in that situation. The second thing is, music itself has a danger to it because there was something known as mood affectation, right? So music changes moods. We use it in music. So of course we use music in music. We use music in movies. We use music in uh, music videos. And we use it in advertisements all for the purpose of eliciting some type of emotional reaction from us. So your use of it is to make you pumped up because I doubt you're listening to the lyrics of the songs, are you? It's just the beat, right? The beat's building up and it's making you feel good. The thing is, you're listening to these songs passively. Passively. And so you may not realize this, but the lyrics in the song, even though you're not the one actively listening to the lyrics, they will have a long-term effect on you in some way. And what the research has shown, and we're not talking like Google-type internet research, I mean peer-reviewed research, what it shows is that people who are struggling with their mental health, the more that they listen to certain types of music, the more depressed that they can become especially those who pay attention to the lyrics. So at some point, music is harmful to a lot of people because people 30 and younger today, they go towards or they seek out music as a form of therapy, which it isn't. It feeds your anger, it feeds your rage, it feeds your sadness. It's not a solution to a problem. So even if a scholar, you know, Allah forbid, told you that it was permissible, I would argue you're living a lifestyle where you don't need it and there's potentially more harm than good the longer you listen to it. 
So I hope Allah guides you and makes it easy for you, brother. But you don't need it. You're doing well without it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, forgive me if I said anything wrong, and may Allah bless you and make it easy for you. Okay. Bye. All right, brother Muhammad. Assalamualaikum. Uh, brother Juad, if you can have your camera on, otherwise I'm going to get Brother Abdul on next. Bro uh, brother Juad, you're on next. Uh, brother lovely. Abbas, as yes. the moderator, how, how long do you think the stream will continue for again? Uh, well, we normally half an, hour, half an hour. We normally finish in half an hour. We've got about six guests okay. next. That, no, that's fine. On my end, I've just taken my night medication. So it'll take about an hour to kick in. So I think we okay, have we'll try to get everybody on quickly, inshallah. Uh, Brother Jawad, you're on next. Uh, welcome to welcome the stream. To stream. Uh, you just need to turn your YouTube off because I think we're getting a feedback from that. So just have mm -hmm. the stream yard on. His name is Javad, right? Sorry? His name is Javad. J is it Javad or Javad? No, it's Javad. 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 Yeah, okay, so can you hear me? Yeah, we're getting an yeah, echo. Okay. okay, so I don't think my YouTube's on. I'll just check one second. Uh, what you could do, if you could just leave the stream completely and then come straight back in and I'll try to get you back on again straight away. So just sort of, just uh, just completely, I'll, t I'll literally boot, boot you off the stream and then you can try to come back on again and then and then hopefully that'll help to, uh, to get you a uh, thing. Have you beat yourself on the stream? Okay. No, no, sorry. Uh, he's back again. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Jawad, how's that now? Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. Okay, that is better, actually. Yes, mashallah. Okay. Uh, Brother Jawad, what's the question that you have for us? Okay, so my question is, is uh, with regards to Surah uh, 27, um, chapter 30 to 31. And it's a unique Surah because it's the only Surah that has Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim twice. And my question was with regards to the Prophet Solomon. Make peace with him. Okay, so he didn't speak Arabic to my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But is obviously Bismillahirrahmanirrahim is unique to Quranic Arabic. So I wanted to know, like, how would that translate to the language he did speak in? Because his father was the that is, I mean, he was given the Zabur, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So basically, we have names as well of prophets and. Um, uh, things that they've said which are referred to in Arabic in the Quran. I think you just you did cover this uh, recently. I, I remember you spoke to somebody about uh, the. Uh, am I correct? Am I right in that? So I have spoken on this topic, but I just need two minutes because there's some noise from a machine. No problem. You go ahead, Doctor Imran. Do you want to start, Inshallah? It's a brother, uh, Joad. Explain to me what the the issue is. I just want to understand it. So obviously we believe as Muslims that the Qur'an is word for word verbatim from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Queen of Seba receives a letter which reads, in the name of Solomon, in the, in the name of God, the most gracious and most merciful. For me, from what I understand is that is unique to Quranic Arabic. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Okay. That word, and so I just wanted to know, how, how would that translate into the language that Solomon did speak? And how would it read? So... I wouldn't know how it translated into the language of Solomon, but the question you seem to be asking is not how it would translate, but because you would just translate it because because you're reading in English and that's how it translates into English and that's how it okay. reads. Yeah, but then obviously, yeah, yeah, no, I do get that, obviously, but yeah. So we we're reading an English translation of the Quran, right? But he wouldn't. But as 
the, 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 the Zabur obviously we don't have today and we don't have the original Torah, but I'm saying, is there any type of way that we could know like how it would read, like in the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful? My understanding that was like unique to Quranic Arabic. That was my only, yeah. So the structure within this, in the Quranic Arabic, is unique to the Quranic Arabic. It's unique. Right. Sorry, the structure within the Quran is unique to Arabic. Okay. That's the way to, of the time. Okay. But it, that does not mean that there was not a um, that this this wasn't this wasn't given to other people or prophets to speak in their own languages. The question is actually how do we, how would we know uh, what they said in their language? And all I would suggest, I mean, I, I don't have access to that. I don't have access. Maybe there's more information that we can find out for you about that. But right. what, for me, there's two things here. So one is that it would just read as it, as those meaning, as that meaning is, it would have been that equivalent meaning in the language. That's one thing. The second thing is, um, is that something that's come up for you as a issue? Yeah, no, it has. It has. So I was, yeah. So it has. I was actually speaking with a Christian, and when yeah. I, when I said in the name of God. The, the, um, the most gracious, the most. He said, I thought that was like, and then I, I said, obviously, and he says, um, it come up, and I obviously didn't have to answer his question. I said, I'd, I'd seek further knowledge to someone who maybe could answer it for me. So, yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't sure. So, for example, in in, uh, in Deuteronomy 18 18, yeah. one of the things that we're told is that of, a, of a prophet who will come, like unto Moses, and we're told he will speak in my name. Literally, this phrase: "We he will speak in my name." And then, if you read about, um, if you read in John, where it talks about the the Paraclete that will come, I will go okay. to the God and send you another Comforter. And indeed, if I do not go, that the Comforter will not come. Right. Amongst the qualities given for them is that He will speak in my in the name of the God or God in my name. So it's it's interesting that um, this is something that was mentioned at the time that this that. Prophets speak in the name of the Creator, literally in that way, and this was given specifically as a, but this was given as a characteristics of the of the one that would come. So what we see in Islam, which is probably unique, is that this is very obviously stated for you, like in every single surah apart from one. This this is the beginning. We're told to say this before everything else, and it's you see you see an example now. What you see an example here is the Prophet Sulaiman being said asked this, or saying that it says the same thing. As when he wrote something down, so this, in fact, if if for anything, this would be uh, part of the evidence for Islam rather than against Islam. Yeah, because yeah, because the very next verse, he actually is inviting the queen to become a Muslim. The very next verse actually says that. I think yeah. verse thirty-one. Yeah, absolutely. So come and join me in submission, and then she and he's using the word in this term as as the as the archetype of the word, the general meaning of the word, which is submitting your will to the will of the Creator. So all of the prophets were. Uh, they, everything they did, they did in the name. So, for example, um, I'm trying to because all these examples are popping into my head. So, when when in Luke, um, Jesus raises Lazarus according to the narrative. One of the things he says that is he put he, he directs the people to understand that this is from God, and he says that. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now because I can't remember exact phrase. Maybe Jars can remember that. When he raises him, he says that I, I'm saying these words because I know that you hear me, and so that. But I'm saying them because I want the people to know that you hear me. So this is. So Jesus was praying for this act to happen, for the for the miracle to come, and so what you see is there's always a connection between the, the messengers and Allah, and they and I would and I would find it consistent. That they would speak in the name of God, or start everything in the name of God, and the fact that this is the Arabic 
uh, Arabic translation or rendition of those the meaning of those words, um, if that's the right way of saying it, then I, I don't think how that would be different. What when we say that this term is unique to uh, the Arabic of the time, it's just in the language of the Arabs. This was a unique thing. You wouldn't generalize this as this is unique in all languages, because mm. that's what the intention. This is what the impression that you're being provided by the Christian. Well, I thought this was unique to uh, uh, this. Yeah. The structure of Bism and Allah is unique for the Arabs of the time, and it became something that was common after the Quran came. Before that time, it wasn't a method of interacting or speaking as far as i'm aware from what i've read that doesn't mean that there were not statements that you could that would be similar or equivalent in other languages as well so in another language you'd have to bring so for example um uh, there are there are people that have combined words in unique ways in other languages to say things and they would be unique and at, at that time but they become commonplace afterwards so just the fact that yes that structure was unique in arabic it came from the quran doesn't mean that in other languages there weren't statements that would also be equivalent to those statements, if that makes sense. I hope that helps. Yeah, no, it does make sense. But what, the, yeah. what I was saying, obviously, we believe it's word for word verbatim, and he's right. He's yeah. writing a letter, and I'm assuming it would have said, it would have said those exact words, which, yeah. th 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 in the name of God alone, isn't unique. But if you put them three together, the most gracious, the most merciful, then yeah. it becomes, yeah, it becomes an identity to, to to the Quran, right? Yes, absolutely, it does. But that, but what you're the the thing that the impression that's trying to be given is that there this this type of speaking of the prophets wasn't something that occurred before. Well, yeah, that, that's the question, isn't it? That's why I was asking: is there anything out there that we could find within the Torah or? No, but Jawad, there's a misconception here as well, which is that uh, what the what the Christian is assuming and presuming is that this is a direct quote with the language that was spoken and because the quran is verbatim therefore there's a problem but allah can quote in arabic with the meaning of what was said but it's verbatim allah's words do you understand my point the oh, other thing, yeah, the yeah. thing is jawad this is a very interesting topic actually because i remember we have a, a screecher at um speaker's corner and he was speaking to somebody and he was talking about where the Quran quotes um, some of the companions saying something. There was one incident where the, the caravan was returning back from uh, a, a ghazwa, which is a, an ex expedition, a, a war or whatever. And there were some munafik, there were the hypocrites at the back who were mocking the Prophet ﷺ. They were saying some stuff to the, about the Prophet. And one of the Sahabi, one of the Sahaba, he heard, overheard what they were saying. And he told them, I'm going to tell the Prophet what you're saying. So as he quickly raced to the front of the caravan, the disbeliever followed him. And as the disbeliever was saying the words that we're not mocking, we're only making fun, we're, it's only a jest, it's only a it was only a joke along those sort of lines, the Prophet, peace be upon him, gets wahi. He gets revelation. And as he's speaking, Allah is giving the exact words that were being spoken, right? There was right. another incident where a Sahabi, when uh, Aisha radiallahu was being... Um, uh, she was being um, slandered that he told his wife that we should not enter into this discussion and he, he said a phrase and Allah quoted him directly in the Quran now 
what the contention was if the Quran is verbatim the word of Allah, if he's quoting somebody, speaking somebody, saying something, then it's that person's words and not Allah's words. Therefore, the Quran is not verbatim. But he, the, the, that's a limited way of thinking. And the limited way of thinking is that it is Allah who inspired the Quranic words that Allah already had in his knowledge that was spoken that Allah quoted. You understand my point? It came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though it may seem like a quote. Inshallah, yeah. Yeah, no, I do understand. understand? Because yeah, yeah, they have a limited scope of, of understanding. They're assuming that Allah is quoting what the individual said, and it's the individual's words. But our concept of iman, our concept of belief is not that people are independent from Allah, everything comes from Allah, every atom, every molecule, every string, if it exists, it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, that those words of inspiration came from Allah. So the, Allah is quoting the inspiration that was given to that individual or, 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 or the speech that was given to that individual because nothing happens outside of the will of Allah. But Ijaz, please, sorry, do. Um, Javad, can you just repeat your initial question to me? Okay. <laughs> okay, so my question was, um, so, yeah, in chapter 27, from verse 29 to 31, Prophet Solomon, may peace be with him, sends this letter to the Queen of Seba, and it reads, in the name of Solomon, in the name of Allah, the, the especially merciful, right? So my question was, is, is this unique to Quranic Arabic? For my understanding, it was maybe it's not. I don't know. So my yes, yeah, so that was my question. Okay, so in Surah Al-Fatiha, when you have the seven lofty verses, it is traditionally understood that the Basmallah, which is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, that this is one of the seven verses. And so there were traditions from the Prophet Muhammad wasallam that Surah Al-Fatiha is unique, and that it is that these seven lofty verses have never been before revealed in the Torah or the Injil. Okay. Right, so now the question becomes, if that's the case, then the, the Basmala, which is part of Surah Al-Fatiha, if you hold to that opinion, if if, that, if it belongs to, if, if the Basmala belongs to Surah Al-Fatiha, the question becomes, um, is it present in, in any previous revelation? And if it is, how can it be unique? So just to be clear, it's unique in its composition with the other ayat. It's unique, and it's, it's also unique in the sense that uh, when it says it's not something revealed in the Torah or the Injil, this is very specific because the writings of Solomon are not in the Torah or the Injil. From the Islamic perspective, the writing of the Torah is the uh, given to Musa salam, and the Injil to Isa salam. So it would not be in their writings, which means it can be, or a part of it can be, in the writings of Solomon, which seems fair and reasonable. Now, when you look at the rest of the writings in Jewish literature, is such a concept as the Basmallah, which is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, is this formula present in the text and the answer kind of is yes. So there are two places and I think the first is in Ezra chapter 5 verse 1 where it says 
Bashum Ela in uh, uh, in the name of the God, right? So this is there in the name of the God, and it continues of Israel, right? So this the the, the foundation so, part of sorry, it. Sorry, sorry, just to cut you off. Can you just tell me what chapter that was? The first one. Yeah, you Ezra said? chapter five, verse one. Right, All right, thank you. Right, the second one, which is similar but not the same, is in Second Chronicles chapter thirty-six, verse thirteen, where the person is swearing an oath by God, and so he says, "Belohim," or "By Allah." However, in some translations of the text, it's translated as "He swore an oath in the name of God." So this was not something new, but it was also not something not new. A portion of it was known to the previous nations. So it does justify the Islamic uh, claim about this uh, Basmala being part of Surat uh, al-Fatiha and being in that composition altogether it's unique. And two, we can find these words or similar words in at least one place in the Tanakh the Jewish writings from the lips of one prophet, Ezra. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. My, but I just have one more point, which is this, which is um, what is the point of view trying to find a similarity in the words? Is it just a curiosity or is it a question or a challenge posed to you? It was challenged posed to me basically saying, is this not unique to Quranic, like the Quranic wording of truth? And you've obviously answered that. So it's not unique. There are some instances where you've just explained in Chronicles and yeah, Ezra. So, the, so anyone that brings a claim to you, right, it would be good to break it back down. And one of the presuppositions they brought to you is that the Basmala, as we as, as it's used in the Quran, is unique to Islam. Okay, where did you get that from? Because they bring in an argument to you that you've not made. And they need to justify the claim. And I think they've confused the, un- the uniqueness of the seven ayats in Surah Al-Fatiha, which includes the Basmala, but the okay. Basmala itself. I would point out one more thing, which is that inscriptions from maybe like 50 years before the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu to around 50 years after him, you will often find the pagan Arabs invoking the name of Allah uh, and they will mention our Rahman along alongside him. Okay. And I think there's only one case in one inscription. It could be wrong where our Rahim is mentioned, but not altogether to my knowledge until okay. after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So in that sense it's unique. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. I hope that answers your question, I'll, 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 brother Jawad. Brother. Yeah, that was really useful, Brother Jas. Uh, good references there, mashallah. May I increase you? Yeah, wonderful. Oh, yeah, doctor. I, well, uh, I, I gave these references because I've learned from you and Uncle Abbas. Wow, that would be very difficult to believe. Uh, Fudo, we're going to get your next, brother. If you can just give us a thumbs up. Uh, and lovely, you can turn your camera off if you prefer. Uh, or you can leave it on whatever you're comfortable with. So we've got, we've got about uh, just over 10 minutes. So we're going to just very quickly go through the uh, yes. brothers and sisters that mind that we're going to be as quick as we can. We'll try to be short. Uh, Brother Fudo, welcome to the stream. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, you said I have 10 minutes. No, no. We only have 10 minutes for the stream to end. So we're going to be, <laughs> we've got eight, eight guests. So we're going to have to be somewhat <laughs> brief. Sorry. Okay. But uh, I was waiting and the other guests were like, 15 20 minutes each 
Yeah, um, so this stream is always oversubscribed, brother. If we stayed here all night, then they would be here all night. So, but also, also, uh, brother, you know what it is? It, it's just fair that the brothers who come on first or sisters who come on first, sometimes they'll get a uh, uh, you know longer time, and then if too many people keep coming, then obviously the time will get shorter. It's it's just how it is. It's not something we don't want to be unfair to people, but but please but go ahead. We, 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 we won't take this time out of your minute. Let's see, inshallah, okay. if we can help you. Go on. I know, I, I understand, but the last time I was here and I, and I like these streams, uh, I like these streams, but I do like to go into detail because if I don't, then I don't, I don't see that I got the benefit for all the time that I waited. And the, you know, the, the research that I'm trying to do. We'll do our best, inshallah. So ask the question, inshallah. Ask the question, inshallah. Okay. Uh, so there's a claim. There's a claim out there by the Christians and Jews, uh, and uh, inshallah, um, maybe maybe Brother Hijaz, you know, can help me with this because uh, I've I've seen him. He's quite uh, quite well skilled in the in the texts of Jews and Christians. And uh, there's a uh, one thing that I've been struggling with for, for a while. Uh, personally, uh, I, I I have some answers, but I I don't I don't know how to formalize them in in a good way. So it's the question is about the sources of the Quran. So we believe as Muslims that the Quran is the word of Allah and this is the aqidah point. It's speech of Allah. It's not created. I understand that. And I, I also take that on faith and, and as, as a matter of, uh, you know, as a matter of principle. So, but when it comes to uh, answering and debunking the claims, such as the, the claims of the Jews and Christians that, for example, the Quran, one of the sources of the Quran is the apocrypha. And they base that on the, on the research uh, of dating, you know, some of the books like the, the books of Jubilees and the, you know, the books of uh, Slavonic books of Adam and Eve and uh, the books like uh, book, books of Yasher. Uh, so they use these sources, uh, maybe maybe even some uh, some books like uh, Esdras 1 and 2 uh, from the Catholic, Catholic uh, canon. So they use all these sources to say that roughly they were created between the first and fifth centuries. Uh, which is prior to Islam, and and they find uh, they point to the stories such as the story of the raven, uh, you know, the story of the uh, of the fall of the of the man uh, and the, the prostration to uh, to Adam, and uh, you know similar stories the, like the birds as well by Isa alayhi salam, you know, uh, given given life uh, from and being made from the from the from the ground, so they find all these details in these different books which predate the Quran. And they claim that uh, these are the sources of the Quran. How would we do? How would we? How would we respond to to something like like this? You know, like also the claim of the infancy gospel of Thomas, and mm -hmm. things like this. So I, I love claims like these because it demonstrates a level of dishonest thinking. So let let's walk back a bit and think about this. If God gives a revelation and He gives multiple revelations. Is there a rule somewhere that he cannot repeat himself? Well, the message uh, of, of Tawheed, for example, would be consistent from the beginning of time until the end. No, I understand the question I'm asking and focus only on that. Is there a rule that when God gives revelation, he can't repeat himself in those revelations? No, there is no such rule. I, I don't believe so. Okay. Right, so just imagine that you're the person, the Christian, that I'm asking these questions to, okay? I pretend as if you brought the claim. So do you agree with me? Do you understand what we're doing here, Brother Fudo? Yes. 
Right, okay, so you agree with me there's no magical rule that God can't repeat himself. Uh, is there a rule, so the second question is, is there a rule that God cannot mention something which has happened in history um, between revelations? So, uh, no, no. No, no, right? Okay, so I say, you gave me no to those two questions, which means that there is no reason to distrust the Quran and there's no reason to assume that these magical rules exist. Because whoever's ever brought these arguments to you, they have assumed these two rules to be true, that God does not repeat himself in Revelation and that if something happens before a revelation comes, that he can't mention that thing happening uh, that have, that came just before the revelation, right? So these magical rules, they have no authority, and you just let them know that it's a self-defeating argument because it's not based upon anything theological. On the other hand, th these arguments can apply to the Christians and the Jews because they do believe that historians and authors and traditions can contribute to the biblical writings. For them, it's not a problem. So they're trying to take something that's not a problem in their religion and manufacture that problem in Islam. So, for example, they may say to you, uh, the stories of Isa alayhi salam, either they're made up because they're not mentioned in the previous books, or if they're not made up, they're copied from sources that come earlier. But the truth is, the Quran demonstrates a comprehensive understanding about the theologies which would most likely rival it. And that would be pagan theologies and Christian Judeo-Christianity. So the Quran shows a good level of understanding about a wide variety of Christian beliefs and ideas. One of these things being mentioned here, of Isa alayhi salam, for example, uh, bringing life to the birds, this story was one of the most popular for the Orthodox Christians and the Oriental Orthodox Christians that existed at the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and so if Allah, you know, in the Quran reveals the story and says, "Yes, this is true. This certainly happened," you can believe in the Isa that did these miracles by my permission. That yeah, God is guiding that large swath of Oriental Orthodox and Eastern Orthodox Christians. He's given them a path to Isa in Islam. Do you see? So the Quran has a purpose without contradicting any logical rules for sincerely mentioning these things in its scripture. And there is no way a person can claim that the Quran copied from a previous source unless they demonstrate the copying happening. Just because they see similar stories does not mean that they come from the same source. We certainly do not claim that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was a researcher of religions that compiled stories together. That's what the Christian wants you to believe. But that's an ahistorical claim which contradicts every single historical report about him. But these arguments are detrimental to Christianity. For example, many of the words that Jesus speaks in the New Testament are copied from popular pagan philosophers of his own time. So turn the argument back on these people, require proof, and tell them, no, I don't grant uh, this claim that the Quran copied this claim from this earlier event. You have to show that to me. 
break it down, give me the historical chain of events to demonstrate the claim. If all you have is an argument based on the similarity of a story, then my God can confirm the truth at any time that he wants. Doesn't that make sense? What do you think? I, I follow you. I follow you. But I, I do believe that there is a problem here. And I will tell you what it is. Tell me the problem. It's, it's the, it's the, the schematics of, of, the, of the, how, they are, how they are projecting these dates. They are not finding anything prior to the BC era. In the terms of documentation, sure. you know, to because 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 now you are saying to me that this was a Christian milieu, but the stories should go back way back historically in time. Like uh, we, we are talking at least two thousand years or more for for the story of Cain and Abel, where, where it should come no, from. That's no, where the original I'm, source should be. No, understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Quran, in its own time and day, in the seventh century of Arabia, the Christians and the Jews. The people of the book with whom it was interacting, the stories in the Quran that speak of the prophets, that speak of history and speak of the past, are of direct relevance to those groups in its own historical milieu. It's a, the Quran is a revelation in conversation. So the stories that it tends to focus on were stories that were well known, sometimes better known as the gospel stories, and were more persuasive when discussed with and engaged with by people of the Christian and Jewish faiths. But then that would mean that you're limiting it to the particular to the particular era, which is not what we want to do. Shouldn't Fido, the Quran Fido, be... Fido, could I ask you a question? If yes. you establish that the Quran is revealed by God, by Allah subhanahu yes. wa ta'ala, and there is a claim yes. in the Quran about a particular incident, is yes. that automatically true? Uh, depends how you establish it, by, by faith or by evidence. I just told you, once you establish through evidence that the Qur'an is indeed a miracle and a preserved miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it makes any claim, by default it has to be true, doesn't it? I understand that, but the reason, for example, in my personal no, 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 case... No, 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 just answer the question. It has to be true, right? If the evidence was strong enough, but do you have that evidence? Yeah. We have the evidence, alhamdulillah, the Qur'an is the word of Allah and it's, it's objectively, objectively provable that this book is not the capacity of any human being. It's a miracle in itself and if you study the miracles of the Qur'an, uh, that's what makes us a Muslim. Once you are intellectually convinced that this book is from Allah, it doesn't matter if the entire world comes out with a different narrative the Quranic narrative is enough and it suffices because it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if you haven't studied the evidences for the Quran to be convinced of that fact, then I would assure you that perhaps what you really need to do is do that first. And then I have studied, the, I have studied, I have studied such evidence. I've, I've read the book that you always uh, put on the TV, a structure and interpretation of the Quran by mm -hmm. Raymond Farin. I've read, uh, I've read Divine Speech by Numan Ali Khan. I've read yeah. History uh, of the Preservation by uh, Azami. I've read all mm -hmm. of that stuff. The point is, that when, when you're talking about evidence, one second. Please. No, does that, none of that convinces you? It, it can convince me personally, but I do find the holes in certain arguments. I, I'm sorry, they, they, they just are. And I will... I will, I will explain what I mean. So I will not go through the evidence. But what I want to ask Brother Ijaz, and may Allah give him, may Allah give him Shifa, 
for, for his condition. I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, so I wanna, what I want to ask you hypothetically, how would we be able to detect plagiarism? What would be, what would be the best systematic way to detect that one, one person or one author copied from another? How, how, how would we go about such a thing? So that we uh, can put the nail in the coffin to this argument, Fudo, because uh, this I'll argument I'll is going to circulate. Fudo, I'll let you just answer this question. But, you, you know, what I would love for you to do is on the open forum, please do come on that and explain to me the holes in the narrative of Raymond Farin's findings or the preservation findings and literature by uh, Angelica Newith. Um, you know, please do come and uh, enlighten us about the holes in the narrative because I, I would love to hear that because from my perspective, I, re I think, quite frankly, that if you study these things with an open heart and an open mind, I really don't think that there's any conceivable way of coming up with any other rational conclusion unless you adopt hyper-skepticism, which loses reality of all things in reality, right? But Ijaz, if you I, could, I agree about that. could conclude uh, the topic, okay. Ijaz, yes. with your last comment, please. Yeah, so in brief, there are two things we can depend upon, stomatics and philology. So stomatics allow us to trace the transmission of the text. Um, if you're saying that A was copied into B, right? And then the second would be philology, which would be the structure of the terms used, of the context in which they're used. You're looking for same word spelling or, or same word conversion when you translate it, um, or a thought for thought or translation, basically. And those are easy to trace because when you convert text from one language to another, there's a discernible difference between a text merely originating in a second language or being uh, or being uh, translated from an initial language into that second language. So when claims like this are brought towards the Quran, the first thing to note is that using stomatics, we can't always connect them together. And so a, a random story in a random place, not known to much people, a couple of centuries before the Quran, but later mentioned in the Quran, that's almost difficult to link the two of them, other than to say, oh, today we notice similar like plot lines or similar words, but beyond mere word resemblance, we don't have anything much to go on. Some people would argue plot points, etc. But plagiarism here would have to mean that those two sources were once apart, they were discernible, and at some point there was an assimilation between the two of them. And I don't think that we can prove that for any place in the, any place in the Quran, but we can prove it for almost any other text written before that time. I agree. Two more minutes, you. please, please, sir. I'm, I'm not finished. Two more minutes. Fudo. You gave the atheist twenty minutes, and you cannot give a brother most. Fudo, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you. Uh, not to wait to speak. I'm, I'm gonna mute you for a good that. reason. Okay. Yeah. I think you're being disrespectful, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I think you're being abrupt. I think you're being disrespectful, and you're 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 basically insisting upon a criterion that's set for can, you. Can, can I just give one other point, brother? Before brother Fuda goes, so and many of these, uh, brother Ijaz's points are phenomenal. Additionally, many of these claims of um, uh, the texts that are used to make the claims are are late. Actually, the the manuscripts for them are late. So the infancy Gospel of Thomas. Nothing, no Greek manuscript before the 13th century. Third, no, Greek, no Greek manuscript before the 13th century. 
Syriac uh, one going back to the 6th century and maybe a small piece of a Latin one in the 5th or 6th century, but all of them post-date Islam. So even these claims that are made that you under because there's a whole there's a whole gr uh, group of Christians who have, have written on this sort of stuff that they claim it's been copied from past sources. Look at the look at the sources. So I so a the, a you have to prove uh, for plagiarism you have to prove the link like Brother Ajaz was 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 good describing. Secondly, you have to prove that this was available of the time, and it was it was dis it was something that was read and known. Uh, you, ha you have problems with all of these approaches and what Brother Ajaz was saying when he's talking about the fact that the Quran responds to the people in the environment doesn't mean that those points are then specified only for those people so for example the, the ayah talking about the worshipping of Mary there was a specific group of Christians in northern uh, Arabia called the Coloridians who worshipped Mary directly now that's specific for them but actually you can also be generalised to the generalised to the Catholics of today um, so the, the, you're, you seem to sort of have a, a you know, a, you're a little bit, uh, in your way of speaking isn't really how we would appreciate. Um, what you can do, uh, you can either contact us through your email or come onto the uh, the open forum and we can have this discussion specifically with you for a longer period of time. Because like we said, we are, we're, we're meant to have round, round this stream up already, but we'll continue afterwards with you. Uh, on okay, that, on that that, that's fine. Forum. Yeah, that's fine. But what I've noticed about Brother Abbas is when he doesn't like something, he just shuts people uh, off. Uh, he, uh, he, brother, he doesn't like it. Oh, He's yeah. intimidated easily. That's right. You're right. And, you know, in fact, what you'll find is that most people will agree with you that I'm very abrupt. I'm rude to people uh, <laughs> and I have bad manners. You're quite right. People will actually agree with you. But thank you for coming on. And you know what? You're still welcome to come back, but on a different stream. And we'll give you more time. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, perhaps before we point fingers, brother. It's interesting it's that has removed, he had a picture of Allah and now he's removed that. It's very interesting. Yeah, very, um, very interesting. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, this is the thing. Uh, the thing is that when certain lines of questioning comes out, there's a big difference between asking a question and making an affirmation, a statement about something. And so that, for me, sent the alarm bells off. Now, you know, I'm not going to doubt uh, who this person is and whether they're sincere or not. But it's it's very interesting that he just gave quite profound evidence. I gave evidence in terms of the, the Quran itself. That wasn't convincing. The fact that the Quran often contradicted uh, mainstream uh, uh, mainstream, um, you know, stories and mainstream information that was available, and the people mocked the Prophet ﷺ for getting it wrong. And yet, then later, centuries later, it was proven that the Prophet ﷺ, the Quran, in fact, got it right. Yet, for centuries, people were mocking Islam for getting it wrong. But so when we add all of these things together, I think it's it's quite profound, I think, quite frankly. Now, he, he's welcome again, but I, I'd like him to be a little bit more honest, perhaps, and tell us exactly from what angle he's coming, uh, rather than some sort of a backdoor uh, trickery. And, uh, you know, um, uh, you can make personal comments about me, quite frankly. <laughs> I really don't care. It doesn't bother me. Uh, whatever we do, inshallah, hopefully we do it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not for showing off or any of these things uh um, we're gonna get uh samir uh, if you can put quickly put your camera on samir i'm really sorry but it's going to be like literally 60 seconds um if you don't have your cameras on guys we're not going to get you on samir i'm really sorry 60 seconds you're on next you can have your camera on or off uh, samir i'm really sorry but it's going to be a very quick answer quick fire but please ask your question 
Yeah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Yeah, uh, I think I have to apologize for the previous caller. I don't no, you don't have to apologize for him, brother. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really felt the, yeah, brother Abbas. Like, uh, it's with, nothing, with like don't worry about it. We, 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 we see a lot worse at Speaker's Corner, I can tell you. Um, but uh, please go ahead, brother. Yeah, yeah uh, so I'll make it uh, short and simple. Uh, first of all, brother Ijaz, uh, may Allah grant you shifa. I do have a question okay. regarding um, early Christian history uh, because I'm interested in it because I had like this discussion with a fellow Christian of mine that we have back and forth on religion. So I just wanted to know like if there are any good sources on early Christian beliefs, like what did, or maybe like the early followers of uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Isa alayhi salam, what was his, uh, what were the early followers like? I know, I think Bart Ehrman was a, he had a book on that, but if you can give me any other uh, books or so any sources, that'll be good. Yeah. So what I would point out is that most of these works on the beliefs of early Christians tend to be speculative in nature because yeah. those early groups, uh, because they were considered heretical later on, their writings do not survive. So we mainly look mm. back at those early groups through what has come from their enemies. So they tend to misrepresent uh, significantly. And the, uh, and, and the main source would be, I would assume, the, the, the early church. The yeah, the, so the early church, the, what we call the proto-Trinitarian church. The proto-Trinitarian, or the church, yes, yes. Yeah, that eventually became modern Trinitarians, as you know them, yes. in the form of the Roman Catholic Church, Eastern Orthodox, etc. So you will not find a lot of data that is historically certain or secure there's a significant degree of speculation there. On the other hand, I think that there were two books that I personally benefited from. Um, mm -hmm. One is very specific. It's based on the most probable teachings of Jesus and what we can discern as the teachings of Paul. So the book is yes. called Paul and Jesus by Dr. Paul James Daniel Tabor. I think that's okay. a really good book. The last one is... Um, uh, how Jesus became God, I think. Um, I think I heard Canadian. that one. I heard. About I think. That one, yeah. yeah, I think it's a Canadian author. Let Canadian me just. Author, I yeah. think it's by Barry Wilson. Barry Wilson. How uh, Jesus became God. Let me just check if that's the book or not. Yeah, sure. Uh, yes, how Jesus became Christian by Barry Wilson. So this okay. more like looks at it from a historical perspective and it tries to line it up with some data that we hope are authentic, but you can't really know. <laughs> yeah, of course, we're uh, grabbing at straws here when it comes to the early Christian beliefs, because I think a lot of them were killed or persecuted as well, so. Indeed, yes, but inshallah, yeah. hopefully, um, I'll have a couple of free videos up on this topic. I'll just publish okay. them, and I might have a course, paid course, mind you, forgive me, um, no, no on worries. this topic as well, inshallah. So I'll, let, I'll um, keep you guys in the loop. Just look out to announce that. Is going to be on your channel, Calling Christians, inshallah? Calling Christians, right? Look, the free videos will be on Calling Christians, EF Dawa, whoever wants them, inshallah. Because they're free, right? They're for education. Yes. Alhamdulillah. Just put that in the link, and we'll put it on the screen. Um, Brother Samir, I hope that's been helpful. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. I'm a, a huge fan of all three of you. I've learned a lot from all of you. And just a quick comment from the previous caller. 
there's an absurdity in the the argument of Jews and Christians, like all the apocryphas and stuff, because you have to believe that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he actually had access to all of the apocrypha, despite being an illiterate man in the middle of Arabia. Like, uh, please explain that. So yeah, yeah, but that, no, that wouldn't make sense. No, not only that, it gets worse than that, because what you'd have to also do, he would have to verify the truth from the error and he would have exactly, to only, yes. only put the accurate things into the Quran and he would have to ensure that none of the errors crept into the Quran. None of the errors, yeah, creep. Uh, yes, and exactly. so when hieroglyphics or... or, 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 or no Greek and Hebrew and everything else. Is just, when these yeah. things were <laughs> translated in centuries later, uh, and the information would have only been apparent then that somehow coincidentally the Quran got it all right. So it's a crazy... But look... Yeah, it's probably. a crazy theory. Yeah. Anyway, theory. lovely speaking to you, brother. Yeah, uh, just a quick Walaikum uh, Salam to Allah. Sorry, you were saying gone. I did, I yeah, I, I wanted, no, I just wanted to. Uh, the two books were How Jesus Became Christian. And what was the first one again? Sorry. So, Brother Ijaz has, uh, I think, is left. So, if you can just look back and on the stream. Uh, yeah, I'll just, look back uh, on the stream. No worries. No worries. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, Thanks for your patience, what? brother. Uh, brother Taz, we're going to get you on if you quickly. If you can have your camera on, it'll be very quick, though. Please forgive us. Just give uh, salam to me, I think. Brother Humanity, we're going to get you on next. Just turn your camera off if you would like to turn your camera off. Brother Humanity, I only want to get you guys on quickly because I know you've been waiting such a long time. So please do. My apologies that it has to be quick. Um, it's, it's not for myself. I, I don't mind going on for another hour, hour and a half, but I know the doctor. <coughs> early, uh, so that I want to be respectful there. So uh, Brother Humanity, your question, please. Asalaamu brother. Um, I, I, it's a personal question and it's been, you know, really bothering me forever. And um, it has to do with my brother and... Um, as a Muslim, I know that we um, we cannot accept, you know, um, uh, this is really hard. Um, I have a gay brother, and um, he, I tried to convince him for a long time to, you know, come back to, you know, the straight path and. Um, <clears throat> And now he's married and uh, to another guy. And um, my whole family, um, my other brother and my sister, they support him. And they bring their kids around them, around him. And they actually bring him over with his husband and they sleep over their house. I completely disowned all of them. And because for the love of Allah, I mean, like, I just know when something is wrong, I stay away. And I, when I'm reading the Quran, it says Surah Al-Rahma. I don't, I'm getting mixed signals. I don't know what to do because I have kids now and it's, it's, it's hard. I, I, I just don't know what to do, brother. And I just want, want your, um, you know, your. Um... Brother humanity, you know, the thing here is this, that he's still your brother. You, you don't have to disown him. You know, if he's doing something that's haram, you advise him, but ultimately it's his responsibility to either take the advice or reject the advice, you see. But you, you don't have to disown him. And um, there, there are many sins within Islam, not to, not to sort of belittle the sin 
of acts of or physical acts of homosexuality because we know it's a major sin, it's haram. We know that. There's no watering down. We have to understand that there are some sins, many sins, in fact, that are even greater than this. So, for example, if you're rude to your mother, potentially this could be worse than an act of sodomy, for example, right? Would you yeah. disown your brother if he was rude to your mum? No, you'd advise him. You, you would, you would, you would remain close to him, but you would advise him. Um, um, and you know, at the end of the day, rem remember, you're not responsible for him. He's responsible for him himself, right? Yeah, but um, I feel like I'm more responsible too for my kids to not, you know, so, so, to so around that, that because I understand I've seen what I've seen what he has done. He has poisoned. Um, my brothers and my sister's kids to the point where now they're, you know, um, marrying outside the religion. Mm. And I'm talking about the women of, you know, yeah. um, and um, just doing and, and not caring, you know, drinking everything. It, I understand. Just, my point you know. to you, brother, my point to you is that, of course, I can understand that you do not want your children to be exposed to a haram lifestyle, which is understandable. And in fact, of course, this would probably be something that uh, I think you should take further advice on this from a scholar as well in terms of Sharia. What does the Sharia allow you to do? How you should navigate such an issue? But I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that certainly putting your children in a location where there is openly haram going on, that this would probably yeah. be not something that would be allowed or permissible. But he is yeah. still your brother. Your brothers and your sisters are still your brothers and your sisters. You should not disown them. Um, you should not disown them. You should um, stay close to them in terms of advising them and be having good relations with them. Of course, that does not mean to say that you yourself involve yourself in um, a location where there's alcohol being consumed and these sort of things so you you pick the right time the right place okay um and don't lose hope in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there are many stories of many people who have strayed very far from islam and allah has guided them allah has brought them back you know allah has brought them back sometimes a person may do something that is a serious haram a big haram and they may because of your relationship with them they may at least do tawbah they may yeah. at least ask for Allah's repentance and Allah's forgiveness, and they may be forgiven. Okay, so don't don't lose hope. And the other thing is, and I keep saying this, and I don't want to sound like a therapist because obviously I'm not. Yeah. But you know, be, be kind to yourself, brother. At the end of the day, it, even though it's emotionally very draining and very worrying and upsetting to see what's happening, um, but you know you do your best and you have faith in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in His mercy and in His guidance and His kindness. And, and don't forget that Allah is always near uh, and, and pray to Allah, do dua. I would say also seek advice from a local scholar who can advise you how best to navigate such a relationship and such a thing. But, but don't, don't lose hope, my brother. Don't lose hope. Allah is always near. And Allah knows your anguish, Allah knows your sincerity for the love of Allah, for the sake of Allah. It's not because you're a nasty piece of work or a horrible person. It's because you love Allah so much and you love the law that Allah has placed upon us with such a high standard that whenever you see yourself or somebody else breaking that, it upsets you. And this yeah. is understandable. But be, be kind to yourself. But doctor, if you would like to advise on this as well, inshallah. 
Alhamdulillah, make it easy for you. You're not in a, you're not in an easy position, brother. Um, if you if you want to, this is a lot of things to deal with, and I think this. You obviously you're clearly very emotional at the moment because this is hard to talk about, and it may be that this is the first time you've spoken about it. Yeah, I think yeah. it might be good. Yeah, I I can, I can feel that. So I think it might be good, brother. If you contact us privately, we can give you, some, you know, just some more practical tips. But I'm completely with you in the sense that I understand, you know, if I have children who are young, I don't want them to be impacted. And it sounds like this has already impacted the family in a bigger way. That's worrying. Yeah, because my daughter, she's asking, she's like, where's your brothers? You know, where's yeah. your sister? Um, I was basically yeah. orphaned. Um, and um, my mother passed away when I was a kid. And my mm -hmm. father was really not anywhere around in a sense and and I was adopted, I was raised Catholic, and then I became Shia. And then when I saw you guys, how I, I you guys, you know, put me to you know, honestly I saw you, Hamza, Muhammad Hajab, and you guys were amazing and I just want to thank you so much for you know what you guys are doing. Um no acceptation. Thank you. But, but brother, you know, um, so feel free to contact us. But I, I think that with, because there's lots of personal things that I need to ask you, like how old are your sure. children, you know, and so, I don't want you to be revealing this. No, it's okay. no, on it's the, okay. My, my, um, my, my daughter, she's about to be six and she has, you know, all her mother's side. And she's like, where's, you know, you know, where's your brother? Where's your sister? And, you know, I don't know what to say to her. Yeah, I understand. And I, and it, it's 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 sad because I, I still see my father once in a while she knows obviously my father and and she you know um sees my brother once in a while like she saw him two times in her life and she was like who's that and i'm like that's my brother and i just i, I don't know and my wife she's like you know uh you should talk to them but i'm like i don't want to talk to them i really don't i really don't and, and and it's 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 hurting me spiritually because i'm praying every day you know um and and I'm like you know my and the, when the surah for surah Rahma comes on I'm like man like is this is going is this going to stop me but I just have yeah. I, it's it's not just it's not just the fact that he's gay that's also stopping me obviously there's more to it um you know it, it's 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 a lot more it's it's a lot more than that and and I just yeah I just don't know what to do I really don't. I mean, part of this is the fact that you're you're mourning a relationship, um, and that's part of the the thing. And you you know your the the bigger impact on the family and your children. There's lots and lots of aspects here. Now, when it comes to, I mean, when it comes to your children, con this sitting down and having a conversation is not a bad not a bad thing. And you'll be surprised. I mean, uh, of what type you know how you can communicate with them and explain. And you might get to, because you, ideally you want to get to the situation where you can um, you can interact with your brother in certain ways that maintains your relationship because he is your brother ultimately. But you 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 separate the things that you don't want your children exposed to from from your children and your family. So you you interact with him, and he knows I his tried that. I, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I actually tried to tell him like you know we can. I was like, you don't have to you know know my family. I was like, we just have brother, and he he wanted me to fully accept him, like fully accept him and his yeah. his yeah. other, you know, whatever. And and I'm like, no way, like there's, yeah. you're going, you you want me to go against my religion? You want me yeah. to accept you? I was like, you can't accept me. How yeah. am I going to accept you? You know. So 
So acceptance is a it's, it's such a loaded term. So really, what it means is that that it's not about um, what you don't want to do is to to give him the idea that you think what he's doing is okay. You can be honest with him and say, look, whatever you're doing, I don't agree with it. Okay, mm. there isn't a way that I'm going to agree with what you're doing. But it's your life, you know. You have to remain, keep in mind, Nuh alayhi salam's own son did not accept him and, and come with him. And who are we in terms of anything to compare to that? And so it's not a it's not a reflection on you or anyone else um, about uh, how these things are and what's happening if it's your family member. And I think that really you need to have your boundaries. But actually, I think there's there's a lot to talk about here, brother. And I think that here now isn't the time. Contact yeah. us. Maybe we can uh, help you to navigate some of this, inshallah, inshallah um, in, in, in a way where we can speak more openly and be a bit more frank with each other. Um, right. You know, may Allah make it easy for you. And hundred percent, you're you are a shepherd, and the shepherd has to look after the flock, and your flock is going to be your family, and that's yes. the, specifically for you is your 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 wife and your children, um, because everyone else is older and they're adults and they have their own, they're making their own families as well. But you have to you have to make sure that your children are uh, not blinded from this, but instructed enough so they understand because we have to live in the world where we see these things our children have to live in the world where they see these things but they know yes we see these things and we know where we are and we know what that is and this is where you know where, where our boundaries are uh, because we yeah. have to navigate this world and ultimately there'll be an, an, an age uh, in a few years time where they have to themselves ne negotiate with these things so we can't hide them from that but you have to empower them and empowering them in a way that they can have the interactions with their relatives as well without uh, letting that impact them negatively. But that's a lot of work from you and your partner, your wife, and uh, a lot of a lot of also setting boundaries with family members. Like, you know, okay, guys, no problem. We'll, let's get together. This, uh, If this happens, I'm I'm not going to be able to hang around for this because I've got other, other things that I have to be taking care of and my other priorities. But, brother... Speak, email us, definitely email us, inshallah. And what we can do is we can maybe have a one-to-one -one session. There, we know that we, we do run other sessions that are um, through Sapiens, uh, the, 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 um, the Lighthouse Project. You may be aware of that. We can maybe maybe get you into some of those sessions where you can discuss these things in a bit more depth and we yeah. can help you to navigate because this is hard to navigate really because there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of close atta attachments and... Uh, your your morning relationships, things are breaking down within the family, and all these are people that you care about. Ultimately, yeah. that's why it hurts. If they were strangers, they can do whatever they like; it wouldn't hurt you. It's hurting yeah, because I you wouldn't care. Uh, yeah, yeah wouldn't you care. care. You love them. They are your family members, and, and we need to. And that balance is something that we have to strike strike on on how you would sort of cope with this. But uh, I think here I can't. We can't really go into it well enough to give you a you know a, a, maybe a plan of uh, of action. But inshallah. Contact us, and we can. If we're not able, if we're not the right people, we will find people who are the right people. Inshallah, to help you navigate this. Inshallah. Thank you so much, Abbas. Thank yeah. you, Imran. Well, well, make everything easy. Stay, stay strong, inshallah. Allah, Allah is always near. Allah's help is always near, and um, no matter how difficult and how much turmoil your life is going through because of this, inshallah, there will always be ease, and Allah will make things easy. Um, and, and then trying to rectify things, um, uh, in, even if it means a situation whereby 
Um, you know, things don't necessarily change. Allah will, inshallah, structure your life in a way with you and your family that you can cope with it in a, in a much more, let's say, uh, you know, a manageable way, inshallah ta'ala. So don't, don't lose hope and, and don't, don't forget the power of dua. Um, and, and, and regularly do your dhikr, your adgarat. You know, if you can wake up for tahajjud at least once or twice in the week, uh, that's a good time to turn to Allah and just, just do dua that Allah opens up their hearts, Allah guides them. Uh, and inshallah, Allah may Allah help you, but please do be in touch. We'll, we'll see whatever we can I do. Will. I'll definitely send you guys. Right, Salaam alaikum. You're welcome. Salaam alaikum. Um, uh, we're gonna have one last guest on because, um, um, we were well over time. Um, brother Abdul, you're going to be our last guest today. Um, uh, you can turn the camera off. Uh, I'm really sorry, but we're not going to get time to get anybody else on. Uh, we're already half an hour over, and I know a doctor's going to probably give me a good telling off and uh, a good prescription with some very heavy meds afterwards. Abdul, please uh, ask your question. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. How are you, brothers? Good. Alhamdulillah. Uh, sorry, uh, it'll be a quick question. First, uh, I would just like to pray for Brother Jaz. May Allah give him uh, shifa. And anyone who can help him, please help him. Uh, uh, I have helped him in the past, and I can say whatever he's going through is real. Don't, don't feel like uh, uh, something is not right here, but I fully trust him and all the brothers here. Uh, they, they are very, very genuine. Uh, so my uh, question will be, uh, I was, uh, uh, so so where I work, I, I, I try and speak about Islam to my colleagues and stuff at work. So one of the colleagues, uh, he's, he's sort of uh, ultra skeptic and he was saying uh, that Islamic history is written by the victors. So how can I trust it? Um, so how would you tackle this? Dr. Imran, why don't you start with this, inshallah? So where, what's his background, Brother Abdul? So he used to be Irish Catholic, um, but he's grown up in England. Uh, he's English. Uh, he doesn't practice uh, 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 you know, Christianity anymore. Uh, so he's just uh, he just believes in a higher power, and that's it. Does he believe in any history? He, I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> Should ask him why. Yeah, I know. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. This is the way you need to go with it. So you need to show him yeah. the absurdity of his position. Like, okay, tell me a historical thing that you believe. Do you believe, for example, uh, and then go back into sort of uh, you know English history or Irish history that this thing happened? And if he says yes, say, well, I, you know, I, I'm, I agree with you that victory is written by the. Uh, the history is written by the victors and we shouldn't believe it. And then let him justify his position because that's the absurdity of what he's putting forward, isn't it? That you can't take history at all because it's written by the victors. Okay. It's not It's not a sensible position. You can't do any history like this. Yeah. Any, at all. That means everything that you see in history written by, by, about, by anyone, you have to ignore it. Because why it's written by the victors, even the people writing in their journals, and you have those journals of Winston Churchill. Oh no, he's a victor. He just writing whatever he felt like. It's not actual history. That's not actually what happened. And then you, and then, and then what you'll have to say is actually no. There's other there's other criteria that we use to do history. You go okay. What are those criteria? 
You know, you, you, we can't look at the Egyptians' hieroglyphs and everything, and they've, they've written about themselves and say, no, we can't believe any of that because history is written by the victors. We have to find the people who were the victims of these people or, you know, and then find their writings, and that would give us an accurate history. It's it's not a sense of, it's not actually, it's a, it's a, the method is ahistorical. It wouldn't give you any thought of history at all. History is done by going to the primary sources and then uh, using those primary sources to verify information from the, the, the history, uh, from the culture that you see around you. So for Islam specifically, you've got to get him down to what is it that you mean? Is it you're talking about the Quran? Okay, we have, go to Birmingham. There's a university there. Go into the university. They'll ask you to sign some things and put some gloves on and wear some glasses. And they'll show you some pages of Arabic that are the Quran from the time of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay, deny that history. Or go go to uh, the museum, uh, any museum where they have uh, old Islamic coins and they have coins that were in the possessions of the Vikings um, from the 700s that have the Shahada on them. Deny that, deny that history. Or so you, you can just there's there's so many other ways of doing history that you have to that, that you have to show him. And I think that so just because someone says it, that I mean that's just like a blase statement. I wouldn't I would never accept that. So you should be in that position where you just be a, a skeptical back. Oh yeah, absolutely I agree with you. Yes, definitely. That means we can't trust any history, right? Nothing. We don't know anything that happened. And then just taking where his where he's absurd because that's the ultraspecticist skepticism. It takes you to a place where nothing is uh, verifiable, nothing is checkable. Then you'll get to the stage where eventually with him is like, how do you know that you exist? And he'll he'll end up in a place where actually, um, you know, how do you know there's a higher power? What what are you reasoning that on? And get into the get into the nuances. And so just take a pick a specific example. And follow it through with his conclusion, with his way of looking at it, and see where it leads to. And I think if you do that example after example, it would just show that actually, no, I'm not. This is not a reasonable approach. Um, and I think also, doctor, you know, the, the interesting thing is that I would say, especially with Christianity and with Islam, because these religions and these texts and these people, they spread through such vast areas of the globe that. If the history was truly completely embellished, you would have major issues and holes where the people who were conquered, for example, would have texts um, that would be written against you, you know, hidden in walls, hidden in, hidden in jars. Things would come out later. They would be found. You know, if you're talking about the history of a small village or town somewhere where there were 200 people and there were some stories that came out of that town, fairly isolated, you know, you might have some grounds to say, well, actually, you know, there's not enough diversity in terms of people and culture and language and artifacts and, uh, you know, historical information that can verify the claims. But if you're not an ultra skeptic and you have a reasonable um, way of assessing information or evidence, when it comes from multiple sources all over the globe, uh, where you have a separation of, uh, you know, vast distances and often vast amounts of time, because people did in the old days, they didn't travel 500 years ago. You wouldn't have had regular people traveling from, I don't know, China to Kenya or uh, certainly not to America or places like that. Right. 
Um, so what you will find is that that those narratives and that historical information, and like the doctor said, folios and coins and these things are, and, and texts that are written down, historical texts that are written down, often when they're accumulated, why do we have so many problems with the Bible? Because there's just so much information out there that when you gather it over for such a vast amount of, uh, of geographical location and people, that all of those holes come about but this is exactly the opposite that we find with islam so if anything the fact that we find such unity when it comes to such of so many of these core beliefs especially when it comes to preservation of the quran that you have have you have historians who have claimed things like to deny muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is to put yourself into much greater turmoil in terms of uh, complications and problems than to accept him. Why is he saying this? He's saying it because the evidence is so vast and it's over so much area and time that to, to deny that would be more, would cause more problems than to actually accept it. So I think it's a lack of understanding, I think, of the actual... Uh, concepts um, and the vastness of evidence and how diverse it is and how unified it is uh, that this person is actually um, coming up with their conclusions about. But I think to, to deny these things about the Quran or about Islam, really, if you were to deny them, uh, you would have to probably deny most of history that we are teaching our kids in school today, if not all of it, because there's more evidence for the Prophet, more evidence for the Quran, the more the more evidence for the Hadith. In fact, the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, than probably any other history that we have. Christopher Columbus getting to America or whatever it might be, but people don't doubt that clearly. But suddenly, with religion, they become ultra skeptic. I think our last video, Doctor, on EF Dawah, where we were talking to that, um, I think he's an atheist, he said, uh, the philosopher guy, the young guy. I can't, I'm horrible with names, but that was part of our discussion. That might be a good video for for brothers and sisters to perhaps watch. Um, yeah, alhamdulillah, that, it's, uh, it just tells you where the ultra-skepticism can lead to. Yeah. But this is this is a common Western approach. But brother uh, Abdul Hanan, we're talking a lot. Uh, is it Was that useful for you, inshallah? Yes, it was, brothers. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother. And the other thing I would say, just because you're doing this at work, uh, just be mindful. Sometimes, you know, when you're at work, these things can be easily sort of misconstrued. And uh, I think what's useful is is that um, you you know you, these conversations are done in a way, and I'm sure you are doing this. That is is uh, sort of lighthearted and um, interesting, and not not can't be sort of perceived in a negative way because I don't want anything to affect your work or anything. Inshallah. No, no, it's not. It's just because uh, because uh, in our in our team, everyone is like a uh, brother, so we share things a lot and then okay alhamdulillah. this, uh, this uh, sometimes can spill on to other teams as well where we have these types of discussions and i i may yeah. join in from time to time and i, and I may not uh just yeah, maintain the balance inshallah yeah yeah i just have one more uh advice the, the brother who was on previously uh, oh, no, so, don't worry don't worry no 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 i'm just uh, going to say um i'm, I'm just going to echo your uh advice uh, 
uh, Brother Abbas, that uh, Dawa is not for everyone. So if someone who cannot hold, uh, doesn't have the patience to wait on the stream and to come on and then say these type of things, I don't really do, because I know myself and I know my limits. I don't, uh, I don't do Dawa quite often because I know I might uh, have temper issues later on. So I don't, I don't really speak that much as well. So people know their own limits. Just uh, Dawa is not for everyone. Leave it to the people who are actually trained in it. And, and that's all, basically. No, Alhamdulillah. And brother, you know what it is? Well, if we could do this all night, I would love to do it, honestly. Because th- th- there's, in, you know, in life, we do all these different activities that we, 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 we try to do to make us happy to make us content, to make us feel inspired, to make us feel connected to uh, to something greater than ourselves. Obviously, uh, for us, it's, of course, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and and, and that giving da'wah is a gift. It's, 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 it's an absolute gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it's exhilarating. And of course, may Allah protect us from chasing that exhilaration and that good feeling because that's not what we should be chasing, like a drug. We should be chasing the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if we could do this all night, I, w- I would love to. And in doctor and I have spoken about this many times that if in, if Allah blesses us, pray, pray for us that we can do this full time and we don't have to work because that's our ultimate goal, inshallah, if we can. Um, but we, you know, sometimes it, we, we have to be respectful of time. People are working first thing in the morning, maybe very early starts. And, um, you know, it, it can become very difficult. And it's only for that reason. There's, there's no, you know, we, we, we would love for everybody to come on and spend lots of time with us. It's not always possible. But Jazakallah khair for your kind comments. And please do remember us in your dua, inshallah. Inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Okay. Okay, Alhamdulillah. I'm sorry, Doctor. We, you, I did promise that we would uh, finish at half eleven, but we have gone over, but uh, not by, not by too long, and uh, certainly not as long as um, the amount, <laughs> the amount of time that you spend on, on other streams, Mashallah. Um, any last words before we go, Inshallah? Alhamdulillah. Anything good is from Allah, and anything. Uh, negative or bad is from ourselves more forgive our shortcomings i mean i just want to say jazakallah to the uh, mods for doing their amazing work today mashallah and for all the brothers that came in with their questions uh, and sisters as well really learned a lot from them inshallah and brother ajaz for definitely giving us a lot of information that was beneficial may they increase him and the the information you need to help inshallah brother ajaz is going to be attached to this um stream the link uh, the description and also it will be on our community pages as well uh, please, whatever you can do. If you can do something regular, it's even better. But whatever you can do, please uh, help Brother Ijaz, inshallah, this Amen. time. Jazakallah khair. brothers and sisters. Always a pleasure. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.